What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Holy moly, this is our last episode of 2018. Oh, my goodness. What? Yes. Yes. It's the end what? of the year already? The, the end, end of, of the, the year. year. No. Yeah. It's insane. We have Latte with us via phone. Via say, phone. Say hello, Latte. <laughs> she's traveling she the one, traveling. yeah yeah we were it's funny because we were just talking about that how much we've traveled in the last year yeah like 2018 is crazy we yeah. average we just figured this out we average trips out to la every three and a half we literally go to la every three and a half months it's insane it's insane and then we threw in a couple trips to new york and yeah. santa fe and exactly. atlanta and like it's washington dc it's we've been crazy busy Honestly. and yet still had a year's worth of shows yeah Rocking Never missed a show. But what do we do? <laughs> but what do we do? But anyway, we got some great industry news on the Huge agenda. industry news. Huge industry news. Let's start news. off with uh, Miley and Liam. They yeah. finally tied the knot. Ten years. Ten years. Wow. Congratulations, Miley. I didn't even realize Miley. they were together that long. They actually started, they got together on the last song, that movie they did oh. way back, a Nicholas Sparks film or whatever. Oh, see, Greg Kinnear and... Completely forgot yeah, about they, that. That's where they actually shared their first kiss. Oh. Yeah. That's cute. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. You know, I found out something, though, like, uh, I was reading, and, because uh, I do that, and uh, <laughs> this is an interesting story, though, for everybody who's huge Miley fans and everything. They kind of broke up for a little bit. Yeah. They've been together for 10 years, but they, there was a stretch where they broke up, and apparently they decided to get married in Australia um, as a thank you, apparently, to Thor, big brother Thor. Yeah. As you guys know, uh, Liam's big brother is Chris Hemsworth, Thor. And uh, his wife, because when they broke up, when Miley and, and Liam broke up, apparently they reached out and said, look, guys, we know what you have is real. We don't want to see you throw something away that oh, could wow. potentially work. And this yeah. is the real deal or whatever. And they invited them to come stay with them and hang out with them. Yeah. And so Miley and Liam went and they kind of hung out with them and just kind of they worked yeah. through their problems and they no were shit. all there and kind of got them. And that's the reason they got back together. That's awesome. And so as a kind of a thank you and to say we recognize that what you guys did for us kind of a thing Miley wanted to make sure that they were married that's with them cool. and, they, and, and that kind of a thing so yeah, that, yeah. that's kind of cool what, was the rough patch around like uh, a wrecking ball it, was, it really like, was around that time okay, yeah, yeah because that makes complete sense yeah, yeah. it kind of explains it but, you yeah. know, I felt you bad know, like I didn't even know they were together at yeah. all I really think what was going on there though and maybe this is what you know Thor. I just want to call him Thor because, I mean, Thor. come on, he is yeah. Thor. But anyway, maybe that's what, you know, the family told him. It's like, look, you have to understand she's trying to, to get rid of little Miley, right. Hannah Montana. Yeah. And there's you can't do that just by saying, oh, hey, look, I'm adult now. Right. She had to do something drastic to make yeah, people forget about Miley. Going I mean, on uh, stage Hannah. and having all the... the... Uh, look, I agree, but it worked. Nobody's talking about Hannah Montana anymore. Yeah. She haven't, you haven't mentioned Hannah Montana or since... Or Party in the USA. You know, or, I, I, mean, I like that one, okay? If she would have stuck with Party in the USA, yeah, I think right. she could Miley, been more, more adult. Just stayed. do it in but, like a Party in the USA and kind of build on the that right. I just well regardless of what what she should have I think the drastic move maybe it didn't have to be the way she did it but the drastic move needed to be done in order to like basically bury Hannah Montana yeah and and then I think you know she did it it kind of went crazy and it got it, it's successful yeah. and then now she's back to normal Miley well I mean, especially with performers and the music industry they change personas like every right. day basically right every well, album. You got Katy, Katy Perry now is kind of 
going and doing what Miley was doing. Yeah. Right. Well, I I liken it to a lot to like Taylor Swift being like the whole bad girl now, and mm-hmm. like um, Madonna was always changing how she was. Well, I mean that's how she stayed relevant. Exactly. Oh, I we're mean, talking we're talking about the one who doesn't change it the most is David Bowie. <laughs> Think about it, he just he came out with a brand new name and a brand yeah, new thing. Yeah. You also have like Garth Brooks trying to be breaking in the pop oh, music yeah, with, with Chris Gaines or Chris Gaines. Yeah, what the fuck? And everyone was, was like, really that's, weird. "That's Garth Brooks." He's yeah. like, "No, it's not. That's someone different." And he had his like his wig on and shit. Yeah, yeah he's just weird. To, it, it was, was creepy. <laughs> <laughs> but point B, I th- at least his family recognized. Hey. Chill out, calm down, let her do what she's got to yeah. do, and if she, you know, if Miley never comes back, then okay, you good, just exactly. move on. But if Miley comes back and we think she will, yeah. you need to not run away from that, and you know, yeah. so and here yeah. they are, yeah. ten yeah. years, they're wow. married, and uh, they did get married in Australia, from what I understand, but they got the marriage license in Tennessee, apparently. Wow, interesting. So was it on Christmas? Was it-, it was over Christmas. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. What well, do you think? You happy about that latte? You happy they're married? I mean, I guess so. Exactly. Nobody's overdose or not addicted. Exactly. Or getting charged with sexual charges. Yeah, Yeah. and let's be honest, it's rare for a couple in in this industry to stay together for ten years. Yeah. 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 I mean, they had that little hiccup, but I mean, ten years is ten years. That's you know, that's a good run. Yeah. And now they're just now starting to get married. So I mean, you know, seriously. Well, uh, speaking of good runs, and hopefully staying on that good run star wars mm. the next one episode nine episode nine takes place event the events take place like a year after last jedi and honestly i barely remember last jedi as it is because i was so pissed about it so mm. uh mm. i mean are they gonna just have like a funeral scene for leia for uh well she was alive leia's alive yeah leia's yeah. alive i know she was alive so in the last one Luke's but dead. in the, in the yeah. between yeah. the in between here's, here's what jj abrams said uh, this is what i think jj abrams probably went to disney and said look that ryan johnson guy yeah you know that was funny yeah but here's what i'm gonna do okay kylo and ray they are fucking related right luke is not dead <laughs> leia is dead yeah and that's what i'm gonna do <laughs> and it, i'm sure bob was like Okay. Okay. Because <laughs> that's what the fans want. Yes, yeah. sir, Mr. Lens Flair, sir. I mean, come on. Everybody, everybody Sorry, agreed. That sucked. Yeah. It was supposed to be it a send off so for Leia, you yeah. know? And why the fuck do you kill Luke? Yeah, you don't kill Luke. No idea. And everybody. Well, was he tired of playing the character like like Han, like Harrison Ford? He was maybe tired of playing that character. Or just wanted to pass the torch on and get people to focus on the new crew. I don't know, man. I I just know a lot of people were pissed about it. Oh man! <laughs> well, how did you feel about it, Tavia? Um, you know, I kind of don't really remember a whole lot of it either. Um, See? I mean, I, I I went back and rewatched some of it because I had to go to class, the Star Wars class. Um, but I think it'd be a good idea to rewatch it before watching this one. Yeah. But I think it's interesting. I don't know. It's just such a weird storyline for like the the production of the Star Wars movies because they go, I mean, it's just been going back and forth with directors and stories and right. people. It seems like it's being pulled multiple different directions. Like one person's trying to take it this way and then this other person's trying to come in and course correct and bring it back to the other way. And it's just, I don't know. It's, I, I hope it's good. I hope it turns out well, but I just don't know. My, I don't my, know. It's, 
I think it's your feeling is like how the original like Star Trek movies were going because they kind of went this way, then the course yeah. corrected this way. Well, you know what I think? My opinion they 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 should have just forgotten about the whole Ryan Johnson. They should have just let JJ do the trilogy. Yeah. I mean, exactly. if you were going to yeah. let him do the first one and you knew he was going to do the exactly. last one, why the fuck wouldn't you let him do the exactly. second one? I mean, that I know he no had sense. to take a break to do the Star Trek movie. Right. But, or, the, I mean, the Mission Impossible movie. But still, just, okay, so yeah. delay it a little bit and then have him do the second one. I just, I think it was a huge mistake for him not to do yeah. the entire trilogy. Yeah. I mean. Well, my question I... to, like, everybody is, are people tired of Star Wars? Is Star Wars being outdated now? I no. You don't think so? I, I don't I... I don't think so. I it's getting a little bit uh, diluted. No, that's not the right phrase. They're just going to the well too many times. Yeah. Like space it out a little bit more. Well, I think I think that there people are tiring of the originals. Yeah. Like uh, seriously, that's yeah. why I think that this third one, JJ should just make it the definitive end of the Skywalker saga yeah. and move on. Yeah. Because Rogue One did really well. It did. It yeah. was, it was a it really was, good but it had film. nothing to do with while it was exactly. it took place in the universe yeah. and it sets up what happens in a new right. hope and all. It still had nothing to do with the yeah. Skywalker part of it. Yeah. Well, and it was, I think it that's was where a, but it was like um Empire Empire had that sadder note, mm -hmm. a little bit more reality on some sadness right, or right. some happiness, but it kind of ended on a downer. I just and think so people, did Rogue One. Everything blew up. Right. right. I just think people want to see other characters other than the Skywalkers and, yeah. and the people surrounding the Skywalkers. Yeah. And so I'm still very interested in the Obi Wan Kenobi movie. Yeah. Solo film. So. I don't know, man. Well, the, and what's his name is all up for it. Yeah, he he's also it. has yeah. the age on. Yeah, now. rumor has it that uh, Favreau's uh, series is getting a lot of praise. That's good. So I mean, we'll see. The we'll golden see. boy, man. Yeah. The golden boy. The golden boy. He is. He really is. I know. I know. But uh, Aquaman. Aquaman. Oh my gosh. Freaking! It took home twenty-two point one million dollars on Tuesday, Christmas Day. One of the top showings ever on Christmas Day, outside of a Star Wars picture or the Avatar picture. Yeah, so, a hundred and six million total over the holiday weekend. Insane. So it, it's kicking ass. It's Seriously. already crossed half a billion dollars worldwide. Mm -hmm. um, it's doing huge. Yeah, it's doing huge. Yeah, have you got to see it yet, Tavia? I got see it yet. Oh yeah, we saw it. You? Perfect. Yeah, we played on it. Uh, we loved it. Yeah, it was great. It really was. They actually made Aquaman cool. Seriously, it like was, it was like the it underwater. Took them years to do it. Trust me, they had to do a lot yeah. of set up and a lot of work because they made him look like a uh, redneck hillbilly with <laughs> uh, a terrible suit and a mullet. Yeah, at, but at one point they that's true. That's yeah. true. But yeah, they, they they corrected everything wrong with the Jason Momoa Aquaman in Justice League. Yeah. And kept all the stuff that worked, and then just expanded on it. And this one's great. Yeah, I, I really mean, no like stupid it. bubbles when they're talking underwater. No. Like all the underwater effects and all the stuff is fantastic. We we went and saw it in three D, Chris, and man, it was insane. Work yeah, 3D? it's definitely yeah. highly recommend anybody who hasn't seen it yet to see it in three D because yeah. the underwater well, stuff is amazing in three D. No, we saw it at this. Uh, I, the I always feel sick Ooh. when I see movies in three D. Like they always make me feel nauseated and give me a headache. 
I don't know. I'm telling you, there's just something about the way they shot the underwater stuff that when you watch it in 3D, you literally feel like you're underwater with them. And like, I mean, it's amazing. You also have to go to the right theater because some theaters aren't focusing right for the 3D. They just kind of leave it alone and not realize they have to adjust it on each show. We should say this though, a little bit of a spoiler or whatever. But they did rewrite or change a little bit of the stuff from Justice League. you know, because the the way the mom and dad met and the fact that the mom is still alive and the different... I mean, they made reference in Justice League that the mother had perished. Oh, shit. And that, you know, and it was a whole... That that Arthur was left on the doorstep of, yeah. the, of the lighthouse keeper. But oh. they changed all that in, in yeah, this movie. Yeah, they, they were together. So while he's the same character from Justice League, they do change things up and it is an origin story. But uh, they do a really... Uh, in my opinion, fantastic job. And he looks badass in the orange and green suit. Yeah, seriously. He should have had that from the get-go. Agreed. If he had been like, dressed like that in Justice League, yeah. it would have been much better. Yeah. But there's but, a reason why he gets the orange and green suit, and you got to see it, but it's epic. I, I think it's a good... They have something really strong to build on now with the first Wonder Woman and Aquaman. Yeah. And they should just now start building their extended universe around those films. Agreed. Because it, it's, they're a good start. Agreed. Very much so. Then there would be like a, they could build to be like a pretty good rival with Marvel. Uh, even though they have a lot of catching up to do. If they, if they go slow and they build around it and they don't try to rush, I think they could potentially catch it. Yeah. I mean, it would just be great to see some competition. Yeah, like, yeah. against both of them. Yeah, because I mean, superheroes are such a huge thing right now. I mean, of course, we've all seen that, but it'd be awesome to see it come from the other side as well. Well, we talked about uh, one of the things. The reason I think that the Aquaman was so successful. And the reason I think that moving forward, they're going to actually start maybe laying down some groundwork to actually compete is because uh, Jeff Johns, who had long been a part of the television side of it, he was the head of DC Entertainment and he stepped down. He, He removed himself as the head of DC Entertainment and the CEO position so that he could focus on writing and being a part of the creative process of the films moving forward. And I think that was huge. He wrote the screenplay for Aquaman. He's currently writing the new Green Lantern one. Um, he had a part in Wonder Woman. Uh, and so I think that's the reason now why we're starting to see the success. Because the, the TV side, the Arrowverse and everything, that's always been hugely successful. Huge, yeah. And he played a huge part in the writing and development with Greg Berlanti yeah. of that. And I think he realized they needed, instead of him being in a position of... Um, corporate authority right. he realized he needed to be a creative mm-hmm. as opposed to a, a suit yeah and he, he and i think it was the right move because yeah. aquaman and wonder woman were great and if the green if he hits on green lantern like that exactly. then they're gonna be okay yeah so it, i mean it's awesome yeah. it's awesome to see someone who realizes <laughs> they have more ambition and more skill in one set so they decide to go over here than to go over here like if there's a fork in the road if you're going to be a suit or if you're going to be a creative it's awesome that he chose the creative well, side and if, what a lot if of it people, needed it what a lot of people don't realize is that both kevin feige and jeff johns kind of came up together oh, really? under richard donner with yeah. superman you know they kind of worked yeah. and they were apprentices and kind of and they kind of they're really good friends That's and cool. they kind of came up together and I think the problem is is that Warner Brothers desperately wanted Jeff Johns to be Kevin Feige and say you can do everything yeah. he's doing. Yeah. But see, that's where, like you just said, Logan, that they have to know the difference. Feige knows that he's an executive. Yeah. He's a producer, exactly. and he's an extraordinary exactly. producer. And he lets the creatives do exactly. their jobs. You have to pick. I think Jeff Johns realized I'm not him. 
Well, you can give me the producer tag all day long, but I'm a creative. I'm a writer. I write these characters. Exactly. I, and so to have the no, you know, no with all to step down and say, I need to be doing this, yeah. not this, that, that took guts. And I mean, overall, it'll probably be better for the franchise. I think so. so I think I think so. Yeah. So. I mean, Aquaman and Wonder Woman are proof positive yeah. so far. And so we got to see Shazam. We're going from one movie that's a hurricane blowing away the box office yeah. to a tiny windstorm. To a t- I don't know if I would even. Mm call it that Chris mm-hmm. um, I would call it a nice breeze a nice breeze and on a rainy day okay <laughs> like, rainy welcome day. to Marwin is set to lose about 60 million dollars oh yeah. my goodness yeah. the movie only made 2.4 million dollars on the opening weekend what that is insane hey. And it cost forty million to make. Yeah. So anybody who's not familiar with the industry, you have to make three times that. Yeah. To clear a profit, yeah. you have to make twice that to break even, and then three times to actually start to go into profit. So if it costs forty, you know, you need a, a what one hundred and twenty million uh, to to start to make yeah. a profit. It made two point four million dollars. Yeah. It's, there's they've already written off sixty million dollars. They think they could take as big a bath Damn. as seventy five million on. Yeah. So I mean what is an Oscar bait? Is that what this is? Because it's so. not a great time to release a movie like I this. I think that's what they Unless thought they bait. were hoping and but I think I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think the critics like it. Mm-hmm. I don't think the clearly the audience didn't like it. Yeah. I, um and so I yeah, I don't know. Okay. Uh, well it hurt um the actor's career, the lead actor, I'm uh, Steve Carell. Steve Carell. No, I don't think so because he's also be got he's also got Vice in theaters and he's getting critical acclaim for okay, Vice. So yeah. Vice, yeah, yeah. Well, and can can I just say that Lil Cam and I saw Vice over the weekend? I and hate y'all. While, I hate y'all. Like, yeah. y'all got to see yeah. Vice. I want to while see that Christian Bale and Steve Carell and everybody in it did a fantastic job acting. Amy Adams, fantastic. <laughs> the movie sucked. Like I'm just gonna say, I, I had such high He's hopes like, for no. it. No. I had look. I'm a political junkie. I'm a news junkie. I love. I love politics. I love it. It just it it didn't work. Yeah. It was a hatchet job on Cheney. So sad. And I get it. I mean, you know that yeah, Hollywood's liberal, and right. that's okay. And yeah. everybody has opinions. And no matter, but when you go to a movie like that, I feel like you should be able, no matter what side of politics you fall on, be able to enjoy the movie. Right. But it was such a hatchet yeah. job. A lot of it was true. But a lot of it, I feel, was completely fictionalized. Yeah. They even say so in the beginning. What did they say? A lot. Of course, Cheney wouldn't cooperate with us, and this is based on a somewhat kind of. But, but we fucking but we tried, tried real hard. Best. Yeah, or oh. we tried our fucking best, or something. It literally oh says that. And so you think? I mean, they kind of start from the get-go saying they made it up. Right. A lot of it. And See that—that's the difference between Vice and a front runner. Hugh Jackman and those guys, they wanted to honor that story and tell it right. Right. So, I mean, this is, it sounds like more for entertainment value. It, well, I think so. I think it, I mean, there were just, there were just weird scenes, like, they, where they kind of like, uh, Lil Cam brought up a great point. One of the weirdest ones is where they say, well, what do you, what did you think happened next? They go into a Shakespearean, you know, uh, monologue. And then they, and then, and then they do. They're laying in bed together, Cheney and his wife, and yeah. they're like, they they start talking about whether he should run for vice president, yeah. should accept the offer, but they're doing it in Shakespeare, and what they're the like, and, and then they go back to being normal, yeah. And it was just, it was weird. Halfway through the film, when he's like, he's booted out, you know, and he's done, and kind of, they wrote, they start rolling the credits. 
Dick Cheney, Christian Bale. You know, they're rolling the credits. Yeah. And it's like, and he never practiced politics again. And he was never... <laughs> and then they're like, okay, kidding. And then they jump back into the story again. What the fuck? And it, yeah, it, it, so was this a giant prank? Was that a giant prank on the on the audience? It's like, oh, we're going to get all of them. We're going to put big name actors and then fuck around well, I mean, with them I mean, I get it. Adam hours. McKay is known from Saturday Night Live. He's a comedian. Yeah. He's Will Ferrell executive produced it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so I, you kind of expect some funny, quirky stuff. Right. But it just, for me, didn't work. Yeah. You're well, getting, like, critical acclaim, acclaim for these serious... Yeah, performances well, as these characters, exactly. but it's in the middle of like a comedy. Yeah, it just half know. of the row in front of us left after like twenty minutes. Yeah, literally Shit. half the row got up and walked out Damn. twenty minutes into it. They're like, "Fuck this!" Damn. I mean, and and at the end, I just think everybody was like, "What the fuck did we just watch?" Yeah, because it was silent. Yeah, there was not people talking about that sucked. There wasn't people talking about that was great. That there was, nobody silence. said it was funny. Nobody said it wasn't funny. It was just silence. Mm. Like we were at a funeral or something. Damn. It was real. That's not what you want walking out. Yeah, you can guarantee Vice that is not going to get word of mouth. Yeah, so seriously. clearly, I mean, wow. Was the rating? The rating was up on that a little bit, wasn't it? Uh, look, I think only people look. The, uh, I'm not gonna lie. The theater was packed, but that's because it's got all the Golden Globe nominations and all the critics right. are talking about yeah. it like it's gonna be an Oscar contender. Now, I don't think audiences like it. No shit. I don't think they like it. Yeah, it's like a 64 on okay. Rotten Tomatoes for the tomato meter, but at, for the audience meter, it's a 59 rotten. Like, See, yeah, that's I, rare. It's Usually, just... it's the other way around. Usually, Rotten Tomatoes has a more critical view, yeah. Yeah. and the yeah. audience gives it a more favorable. Yeah, wow. so, so it's mm. just not good. Okay, another one because we're gonna just stick with it because you know we go to movies all the time. We also saw Bumblebee. Yeah, uh, I loved oh. it. Oh yeah. Loved it because it's set in the 80s, and I love the 80s, and I just... Really, though, I thought it was solid from start to finish. What do you guys think? Yeah. How was John Cena? Yeah. <laughs> mm. You want to talk about John Cena? There we uh, go. He was over the top, man. Yeah. It, he was. He was. He Nick Caged it. He, he went to. He like was 32. acting. He was acting like he was walking out into a WWE ring and entertaining the thousands of fans in the arena. That's yeah. what it was like. Well, that's why he's trained. That's yeah, the thing. I mean, he's trained to be that. It was weird though. Yeah, it just felt out of place. I mean, place. We, I've seen him in cock blockers, and he was funny in cock yeah, blockers. But this, and, uh, he, he play overplayed this one. Yeah, he really did. Because I'm not really sure this character was supposed to be over the top. Yeah, like I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, he's trying to emulate the '80s bad guy and being over the top. But yeah. the, well, the thing, mm. the movie though is actually really solid. It Haley is. Steinfeld does a great job. The, all the supporting cast is outstanding. Yeah, really um, enjoyed it. And, and it was nice to see Bumblebee talk. They explain how he loses his voice and has yeah. to communicate through the radio and how she helps him do that. Yeah. Um, you get to see old school Optimus Prime, which yeah. was fucking epic. Yeah. Uh, anybody who's an 80s fan or even just like, you know, from uh, to, to what early 90s with the movie, I mean, to see epic, uh, you know, Optimus Prime was fantastic. Yeah. Um, and then, spoiler, he does turn into a Camaro at the end. So, so yeah, anybody anybody that was Wait, wondering, though... No, whoa, 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 whoa. He, was a, he wasn't originally a Camaro until, like, after got off the car lot, and they were driving around, and he turned into a Camaro because he got all his feelings hurt for being whatever he was. Um, well, but that's no, when he turned into the new Camaro. New Camaro, yeah, Okay, so yeah. he just turned into he's the 90s? He's the old Camaro okay. that Shia LaBeouf, Whitwick, he finds. Yeah. But, um... But, He's new, but at he's the end new. Of this movie yeah, because of... it's a new '80s Camaro. Okay, uh, but okay. 
Anybody that was wondering about whether this was connected to the other, yes, clearly, because they have him turn into the Camaro that Witwicky finds, uh-huh. you know, in in Transformers One. And they also, I, I noticed. Emily said she didn't notice, but I noticed. And if you go back and look, you remember um, uh, Totoro's character in the first uh, Transformers, yeah, where he was the some crazy secret... Sector Seven guy yeah. or whatever. Yeah, he he's the young agent that walks through Cena's office and tells him that he's got the phone call. Oh shit! That was it. And the name yeah. on his tag was Totoro's character's Damn. name. Yeah. So that's him younger. That's how they connect. So it. they 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 have the same character. Yeah. Um, the only thing I was confused about is that they said that they had been hiding Megatron in Hoover Dam for a while in Transformers One. That he had been yeah. there a while or whatever. Um, but. He's not there. They go to Hoover Dam and Bumblebee, yeah. and they show Sector 7, and they show all the kind of... But Megatron is not there. Yeah. So I'm confused by that, because they clearly set up Bumblebee's transition into the Camaro. Into they the should... Next, they yeah, yeah they, they, they were supposedly like the Hoover Dam was made to hide his energy. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And they, they show Totoro's character as a young man, so yeah. why would they not... So they're yeah. going to have to re-explain Megatron. Yeah. Uh, and apparently, maybe that was supposed to happen, because I did hear that a huge scene that featured Megatron was cut oh, from the film yeah. so i don't know what if uh what i mean we talk about dc wanting to restart and rebrand all the time what if they just do those movies over again yeah and lead up eventually to the one that we saw but they just are re kind of re- retconning it i guess yeah. to to get there yeah. i'm okay with that yeah because i liked the first one with shia labeouf and yeah, the even the second good. one was yeah. okay was not a fan of the third and yeah. fourth so if they can retcon early and yeah. kind of get you to the first two yeah i think that'd be okay and then like redo the second or the uh, third and fourth. It's a good. No, they're going to release the first one with special edition and just say Megatron's been down here for ten years. Yeah, like 10 yeah. Well, it's years. a good bet that it's going to happen another one because uh, they made a shit ton of money for for the studio and for California. Yeah. Oh, uh, the reason we bring Bumblebee up is because it made uh, twenty. Well, it it received twenty two and a half million dollars in tax incentives. Everybody knows now that's how you get movies made. You know, it's all about the tax incentives and the freebies that you get back for. And California suffered for a little bit. Georgia took a bunch of it from them. Yeah. Um, Louisiana took a bunch from it. Vancouver and so. Uh, the new mayor is fighting and has been fighting since he took over to try to get Los Angeles back in the game and bring their productions back, and it's been working. So he, Bumblebee got $22.5 million in tax incentives, and in turn, the movie pumped in more than $85 million into California's economy while it was shooting. It employed almost 3,000 people who took home more than $50 million Damn. in wages while they worked on the film. Yeah. Um, so and- it, it was just good for the economy and the people for loss of los angeles exactly like, so awesome. anytime that the movie makes money the studio makes money and yeah. where they shot it makes money you can all but assure they're gonna yeah make another one exactly so i feel yeah. like what's that it only makes sense yeah yeah and they shot yeah. in a lot too though apparently they're all over los angeles san francisco uh mammoth and santa cruz so i mean they were all over the state so yeah that's pretty good. Who was it the director? Was it Michael Bay? Uh, negative. It was not Michael Bay. They don't want him on it anymore. I think they, they took him really? off that franchise. Oh, really? Okay. That's what I thought. Not new then. They wanted to go more feely, kind of more emotion and not as action, which is why they kind of took Michael Bay out of it. Kevin said that's why it was better, you bet. <laughs> Travis Knight was the director. <laughs> Travis Knight. 
who directed yeah. Paranorman. Uh, that oh, he does some of the odd movies. Some yeah, of the, other, the yeah. box trolls. Uh, yeah, stuff like that. Oh yeah, see, okay. interesting. Kind of like weird stories, but with 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 <laughs> Emo- actual emotional, emotional storylines. Yeah. yeah, so that makes sense. Yeah, but I mean, it was really good. I recommend it. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I reviewed that on Fantastic Review, so make sure to go check that out. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Shameless plug. <laughs> now let's talk about IMAX a little bit. IMAX has set itself a new milestone crossing over $1 billion at the 2018 Worldwide Box Office. Oh my goodness. This is the first time in the company's 50-year history that it's reached this benchmark. Yeah. First of all, congratulations, a billion dollars, you know, because, you know, it's not like it's a gazillion screens like regular theaters. So, but can I just say, am I the only one? I had no idea IMAX has been around for 50 years. I didn't know that either. What? Uh, Yeah. I didn't either. Maybe since the 90s, maybe. That's what I thought. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I mean, like, I I think I remember going to the Franklin Museum and they had an IMAX screen in that. And we had a school field trip when I lived in Philly, and we went there, and they went into it, and yeah. it was really awesome. But yeah. I was like, "Oh, this isn't a museum. This is new technology, yeah. right?" And they're like, "No." And that's ninety six or yeah. 90, 95? Yeah. So I, I mean, I just yeah. thought that was the weird part of the headline. Yeah. The first time in its fifty year history, I'm like, "Wait, what? IMAX is fifty? Yeah, <laughs> I had no idea. Honestly, no. I mean." I, um, we need to go to more IMAX. They, especially because they, they only when uh, they shot Dark Knight, uh, Christian, uh, not Christian Pale, um, Christopher Nolan had three of the IMAX cameras. They were all brand oh, new, and there were only the three that were doing in full HD or such. Damn. I was like, wait, these movies are shot at this time. Yeah, huh? I didn't wasn't know that. HD already. Wow, learn something new every day. Oh, uh, mean, Michael like, Bay seriously. wasn't kicked off. I did look at. He was a producer on that. Let me take that. Yeah, you get, get anybody well, you know, sure, mad sure. on the internet. Yeah. and you know, so industry news. It's all it's been peppered with. Pepper. You know, we're talking. Uh, you know, uh, Star Wars. We're talking uh, uh, Aquaman, you know, we're talking all kinds. Why? Because Aquaman, in reference to the Marvel movies, because you can't talk about DC movies without Marvel. Well, because, as we all know, Disney, like, they're, they, they're, they rule Hollywood, basically. And so now the news is coming out. Apparently, the merger will be complete but by the end of January. So we're about a month away from the merger being a done deal. Yeah. And everybody's like freaking out because rumor has it that there may or may not already be some Fox Marvel heroes in one of the upcoming Marvel movies. Yeah. So like Endgame? Could be potentially Endgame, could be Captain Marvel, uh-huh. could be, but I mean, and then everybody's like, no, no, the only one left to do reshoots is Spider-Man, you know, yeah. the sequel to Spider-Man and but mm, what about it, the other way? What about maybe Dark Phoenix? I mean, oh, I, I don't know. The other way, because yeah. Dark Phoenix Did comes Dark, out later yeah, this year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 2019. Yeah, so I think, yes. I think they're all trying to play coy about it, yeah. but I mean, I was adamant about the Watchers showed up in, in Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah, and, and they like, were hey. they belong to the Fantastic Four, which still belong to Fox. So yeah. how did that happen? Yeah. I think Marvel has very candidly, very quietly, and very trickily... <laughs> Trickily, if that's even a word. Trickily. It is. Um, <laughs> I think they filmed some uh, Fox characters oh, into shit. the MCU. It's, just, it's Deadpool at the end of the movie, relaxing um, on a right, beach chair, just, says, oh, I, I had don't a know, fun but, time. Maybe well, we should look, join look, you. I think, I'm going to tell you who I think it is, 
And I, I would not be shocked at all if we see them pop up in Endgame at the end. And that's the Fantastic Four. Uh, a new, they've been a setting new up a new bunch. A new, new bunch bond, of yeah, fan, yeah the, the Marvel version of the Fantastic because they've been setting it up. They they've clearly made the point that they're going cosmic. Yeah. They went with Guardians of the Galaxy. They're introducing Captain Marvel. Yeah. They were all they're introduce, uh, introducing Marvel. Yeah. They're they're doing um the um the new group that's coming out, the Eternals, mm-hmm. which takes place in space. You can't have a cosmic galaxy set up in the MCU without, without the Fantastic Four yeah. and Galactus. Yeah. I'm t- I just think that they have they had them in the back, yeah. and they're like, we're going to film this yeah. on the hopes that this merger <laughs> is going to go through, yeah. and if not, we'll destroy it. Nobody will ever see <laughs> it, will but know. if it does... We're going to shock the shit out of people at the end of Endgame. I would love to see the non-disclosure agreement that the actors and and the writers of that. But we all know they take that shit seriously. I mean, Tom Holland blew one thing. They locked him in prison, basically. No, well, that might have been more joke. It might (laughs) have been like a flub of a line. Yeah, they're pretty hardcore about not letting... I mean, Jeremy Gordon, who we just had on as a guest, he does the casting for Cloak and Dagger and stuff. And he said, I'm literally only allowed to say that I cast for them, but I can't say anything else because exactly. it's literally in his contract that he can't talk about it. Exactly. Yeah. And Marvel is hardcore. Yeah. But they, if he would have said something that was big and something like, ooh, that would have gotten him in trouble, right. they would have went to black and there he wouldn't have been <laughs> on TV for <laughs> like... We have the power. I mean, what do you guys think? Do you think, do you think that Fantastic Four is going to take the place of the Avengers? Well, supposedly the Eternals is, yeah. but... um. I I think look I think the Fantastic Four and the Marvel has proven they can take these characters and do them right. Yeah. So what Marvel would do with the Fantastic Four, I'm excited as shit yeah. to see. Honestly, yeah. I love the rumors. I love and it started as a fan rumor, but I'm hoping. I mean, Feige kind of like put the eyebrow up and kind of liked it. I would love to see Emily Blunt and uh, Krasinski. Be Mr. and Mrs. Yeah, you know, fantastic. <laughs> that would be uh, epic. I mean, wow. Richards. Yeah. Wow, like, really? Yeah, they, yeah. I mean, they have epic chemistry. We I, saw that in a quiet place. I mean, if they were Reed Richards and, and, and Susan Richards, yeah. and then you built around them as that, oh my God, I just yeah. think they'd be epic. Exactly. I mean, well, I mean, I liken that. Well, who takes over for Chris Evans then? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, he's, he's Captain America, goddamn. Yeah, he's Captain we're America have have now. No, now. I'm talking about before it was Captain America. Yeah. He was. Uh, Oh, I, I think they could definitely out. use like the whole um, R&D family as like a, an emotional like avenue to help people be okay with it too. Be like, well, we're doing it because Sam would have wanted it. You yeah. Know? <laughs> oh. That's going to be one of their biggest like, well, Sam would have wanted the whole universe to be connected and all this stuff. Right. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I That's a great idea on how to do it. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I just, I hope it's true. Because <laughs> they can't, they can't make it happen fast enough. As yeah. far as I'm concerned, I want to see the X Men and I want to see Fantastic Four. I want to see all these people in the yeah. MCU. I so. think the most that I'm excited for and want to see is Deadpool and Wolverine. Deadpool that, that's Wolverine. who I want to see. Yeah, yeah, like <laughs> in the MCU. In the MCU. Yeah, yeah, like together. Yeah, I know everybody's talking about having them make a movie together, no. but just if they appear in an MCU movie yeah. somewhere together, yeah. it would be amazing. Exactly. Like, yeah, especially if they can take the pressure off of Hugh Jackman. Exactly, and just say, "Look, we're not going to have you do all these over top action scenes. I mean, we'll we'll have you do some of them, but have your stunt person right. there on scene. Exactly. The, but I mean, come on, Hugh Jackman is still like in pristine shape." 
he's here. And even if he is looking a little older in the face, for Christ's sake, they've proven over the last five years with this technology, they can make him look 20. Yeah. I mean, so the, he can keep playing Wolverine yeah. for as long as he wants to. Mm. I mean, let's be honest about it. Uh, what were you going to say, Do you think they'll keep it rated R, or do you think they'll water it down to PG-13? Mm. See, that's the question, right? I feel like they got well. That's what they're te- that's what yeah. they tested out with Deadpool. Once upon a Deadpool, yeah, that's what they were testing to see if it can be successful enough to hold at a PG thirteen level. I don't know. I think they they could. They just have to put a bleep up there and then have him refer to seriously. Y'all bleeped and silenced well, me. Well, I feel like if they were going to try that out, they should have just done a completely different story. Why tell the same story? That's going to kill you at the box yeah. office. Well, Nobody's yeah. going to go see that. But I think yeah. it's just a more of experimental right. to see what yeah. what how people would take it. Yeah. More than I don't think they're doing a limited run and then they're going to re they're going to release that onto DVD or the oh, Blu-ray man. in the secondary market. Yeah. I it think would, it was just it, a test run. I don't know. It would be hard, though, to have, now that we've seen Logan, yeah. and they finally got him right, it would be hard to have them revert back to the PG-13 version of exactly. it to fit into the MCU. Yeah, like, mm, it would be hard. Exactly. I mean... I mean, the first words he says on that is, oh, fuck. fuck. Exactly. Like, so, yeah, it, it'll, it'll be... It'd be interesting. It'll be hard. Yeah. And you never... You, while you see tragedy in the MCU, you don't see blood. Yeah. True. You saw a lot of yeah, blood in Logan. Yeah. <laughs> oh, saying. yeah. There's so, buckets just sitting on the yeah, side. I, I, don't, I don't know how they're going to make that work, but yeah. I know everybody wants it to happen, so we'll just have to see. Yeah. I mean, I mean. The, big, the, the bigger question is, I mean, I think we all know, RDJ's contract is up. Mm. Yeah. So it happens. Yeah. Ah, it happens. I, I mean... Does he come back? <laughs> He's the Godfather. Does he? he is, do, does man. he pass away in that spaceship floating uh, around or without is, any food, thinking about Pepper? Okay, now here's a good transition. Or is it time to RDJ like what they just did to Johnny Depp? No, Pirates of the Caribbean. They will never do that yeah, to Pirates him. Of, no, you would hope not. I, know, you know, I don't think But that. Disney did just announce, though, that Johnny Depp will officially not be a part of any more of the Pirates movies in the reboot. So. No. That just, I, what are you going to do now? There's going to have to be a whole different story. Like, Well, that's a question. Are they, I mean, are they just going to, I mean, I guess reboot it? Like I, Reboot it? Like new stories? I I think you should just completely go away from the original characters. I, I don't I know. Mean, they might just say, what's his name? Son trying to look for dad who's stuck on the, um, for, on the, what's it called? The dead man's the dead man's chest. David Jones, uh, David Jones's ship. Yeah, he's on that ship, controlling yeah. it. It could be the son trying to go out there and find dad and I'm, becoming a pirate well, I thought himself. That's what the third one was, because I'm a little hazy on the third and fourth one, but I don't know. I, okay, I the just one think that didn't they... the one that didn't have Orlando Bloom was the one where they went that was down. The fourth one, yeah. That's the fourth one. He was uh he came in at the very end, but yeah. he was, he came in at the very end. I thought, he, I thought he took over the. Orlando Bloom. Oh, took Orlando over Bloom took shit. over that, yeah. and it was like that one was showing like him coming up shore or yeah, seeing his son and his or something son. like what about that. Keira Knightley bailed after the second one, right? She wasn't in the third or the fourth one, right? I think she was just in the first one. I don't think she even went to the was second. She, was she... I think she was in the third one. I don't. I think. No, I don't yeah, I don't. I, I I agree with Logan though. I I think I think J Lo. It has to be completely different. Yeah, yeah. I think J Lo's right. I think what we were same thing that we were just talking about with Disney. Yeah. If you're gonna do it, continue in the universe, but sh- show different a different pirate exactly in different parts of the and just move in a different direction with oh, different. Well, like characters. showing off maybe that the Chinese pirates or going yeah, right. just go into anything else. I'm, it can 
Yeah, I mean, it can take place in the same universe, yeah. in the same thing where where he exists. Yeah. But just use different yeah. characters. Because I mean, in the, I believe it was either the second one or the third one, they showed like the pirates' council and of right. all the like different pirates of the different seas and everything. So right. yeah, you could just span off right there. Or maybe I they're going to do his dad's character, oh. Johnny Depp's dad's character, oh, which was played know. on oh. in the in that oh. scene, played by. Um, Rolling Stones, uh, Keith uh, Richards, yes. yeah, yeah, do yeah, his story because yeah. he has a he had an yeah. interesting story. And now the real question: Are they going to remove him from the rides at Disneyland and Ooh. Disney World? Remember, yeah, they spent all that money to put Johnny Depp in there he's now, like, you know? Because mm. now are they going to take him back out? Right. Yeah, but what like, is he going to do on his free time when he comes out to the ride and goofs around and be, does his character right? on the I ride? Mean, he, uh, he's not going to know what to do. It's going to be <laughs> crazy. Mean, it will definitely be crazy. Now, let's talk about so this crazy, weird video, okay? Oh. Kevin Spacey put out a video on Christmas. Uh, he was Frank from House of Cards. He was playing that character. And basically, the whole time, he was just making fun of the show, saying it was awful. But this video did get, like, 4.5 million views in 24 hours. Yeah, a lot it could be all people. the news stations trying to get all the feed off of it, and then everybody else talking. My phone about was it. blowing up from it, notifications. Yeah, from it. it it this this is weird because okay, apparently right before this video was released, and he must have gotten wind from his lawyers. You know, kind of, he knew it was all coming down right before this video was released. He was officially charged with new charges, uh, right. new sexual assault charges, um, and so right after that was announced. Then he dropped this video, yeah. and like you said, he's basically he's Frank Underwood in the video. He's, yeah. he's I mean, he's playing Frank. Yeah, and you think like J Lo said, it starts off, and he's he's critiquing the final season right. of House of Cards, and he's basically saying how much it sucked, and that everybody really wanted him to be in it, and that they they need to make the final season again and do it right, and they can do that because in this season that they just showed, they never actually showed Frank die. So he could still be around and they could bring him back and they should do it. But then it awkwardly turns into this whole, you shouldn't judge people or think they're guilty with no evidence and we'll let the people decide and I'm looking forward to proving myself to the public. And and it turned into this weird, don't believe all this sexual assault stuff, but he kept doing it as Frank Underwood. It was just really creepy. Yeah, the video is titled, Let Me Be Frank. Yeah, I think sometimes you know, these celebrities they get so like I don't know out of touch. You know, they, yeah. they lose touch of reality and like how the real world works. But he sounds like it's kind of out there. It sounds like it's kind of touch a little bit. Yeah, he lost yeah. it. And he's lost yeah. his mind a little bit. He I became mean, Frank. Maybe he is going crazy. We saw that that one movie like did awful at the box office. Like nobody yeah, went nobody, and saw well, it. Nobody. Okay, did it. But it's always like we always talk about, you know, it's so important in this industry about the people you surround yourself with or the people that you're with. Okay, his lawyers, they like tried to make these charges not happen. They tried to stop it before he was actually up. I think we lost. (laughs) Must be a bad part of the storm. Or just went through the uh, mountainous area that doesn't have signal. Yeah, I I don't I don't know. But Uh, but I'm thinking coincidence, though, a little bit. Oh, I'm thinking just a slight bit coincidence because of you can just upload a video to YouTube and yeah. then set the date for it to go public. Yeah, and then it happened at the same time because it didn't. I don't know if it was shot right there, at, right that same day yeah. or so. Yeah. Oh well, I I, 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 mean, I don't know. Good. But it, here's the point I wanted to make about his lawyers, though. Hey, 
Hey. hey. All right. Hey. Where'd you go? Through a tunnel? What the hell? No. <laughs> no, I'm just in rural Louisiana. So. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So what I was going to say is his lawyers, they tried to stave this off before the charges were actually brought. They were trying to get it tossed out before the judge even officially charged Kevin Spacey this time. And they walked into court and their defense was literally, they didn't try to defend saying this didn't happen. This kid is lying. None of this is real. Kind of <laughs> Their defense was literally, your honor, he allowed Kevin to grope him for three full minutes so it couldn't possibly yeah. be of unwanted. And I'm like, that's that's your defense. You're going in there and say, okay, Kevin did it, but he did it for three minutes. So the kid must have liked it. So you can't charge him. And I'm like, what? Uh, so the judge obviously is like, you guys are fucking crazy. Exactly. He's being charged yeah. to get out of my courtroom. Exactly. Like, But that was their defense, that the kid let him grope him yeah. for three full minutes so he must have wanted it. Uh, and I'm like, if that's your defense, you're in big trouble. Exactly. I mean, I'm just... No, I think Tavia's right. I think they get to this level where they just believe that they've gotten away with it for so long. Yeah. They can just keep doing shit. Exactly. And people are going to be like, oh, okay. Exactly. And, I mean, it's like, no, mm -hmm. just Kevin Spacey. I'm going to say what we said to Weinstein and to Les Moonves and to all these people. Just go away. You should be in prison. You should be. Be happy that you're not. Exactly. Just shut up. And go away. Yeah. I mean, like... Well, something else I've been thinking about recently is even if the initial answer is yes, any time that that person says no during, then it's off. You should just You stop. can say no at any point. That's yeah, right. time. exactly. It That's doesn't right. matter if the initial yes was there, but if they feel uncomfortable or anything during, then you should just stop. Yeah, There's no, no, point. no means no at any point. Exactly. That, I mean, that's... Because that's another argument they're trying to make. The, the kid himself, and we, we should say this, he was 18 at the time, uh -huh. okay? He, but he admits, apparently, in testimony that he did approach Kevin Spacey. He did lie about his age. He did ask for Spacey's number or to exchange numbers with Spacey. Yeah. And he did admit that he had had at least 10 drinks and yeah. was drunk. Yeah. So all of that would lead you to believe he was attempting to hook up with yeah. Spacey. But like Logan just said, even if all of that is true and he let Spacey put the hand in the pants, once he said no, once he said, That's okay, it. I'm not okay with this, yeah. Spacey needed to stop. Yeah. I mean, exactly. so I, I just, I don't know. I mean, but it's just, it seems like every day there's a new one. Exactly. And I mean, it was just, I don't know. It's crazy. It really what have we said yeah. since the very first show, our very first show almost a year ago? If Tom Hanks goes out, it I mean, is, so. <laughs> we're done if yeah. Tom Hanks gets I an mean, accusation. Seriously. I mean, <laughs> I just it literally, though, it just seems like people you would never expect. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, shit, what? Fuck. I mean, not Kevin, because there's been rumors about Kevin for Forever. years. There was, there but was. There, was. there are just people like, wait, who? Yeah, what? Like, what? So it's just, it's crazy. I just... I think JLo nailed it. No means no. So even if you're all like, yeah, 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 no, all you can listen to is the no. Forget all the yeah, yeah, yeahs before. You heard no. Exactly. You got to stop. Exactly. I mean, it's that simple. It's really that simple. Yeah, um, agreed. So but this next one caused quite a bit of controversy This one's as well. interesting. This one's interesting. Da -da, da -da, James Bond thinking about being replaced by a trans actor. A trans actor. Yeah. I don't have a problem with this as long as they keep the character a guy. Yeah. 
Well, this is interesting because this was actually a concept thrown out by another actor, Dominic yeah. West, who's uh, in that the new BBC version of uh, Les Miserables, mm. um, and yeah. he was doing an interview for it. Yeah, and they thought they asked him about uh, Idris Elba and like his thoughts on uh, or um. Tom Hardy taking mm, over. Yeah. And he said, well, I like both those actors and I think they'd be great. But I'll tell you what would really be interesting yeah. is if it was a trans actor that would be it. And he was inspired by the, for this answer because he had just worked on Colette, yeah. which apparently uh, he co-starred with a trans actor yeah. um, in it. And this trans actor's wife is a trans actor oh, wow. who actually serves in the military Damn. Uh, overseas yeah. and is like, does spy type stuff and uh, like is a legit Shit. like, and he thought, how cool would it yeah. be for Bond to be like this trans person yeah. who's actually a trans and does all this spy because they actually exist. Yeah. And so that's all he meant. He said he just, but he followed up with that going, but I also think Tom Hardy and right. I just would be good. Yeah. But it, it didn't matter. All, all people heard was, oh shit, trans, a trans yeah. actor yeah, playing right. and, yeah. and they just ran with it. Exactly. Um, I'm like you. I'm okay with it. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. It is what it is. I mean, actors are actors. Exactly. Like, I, don't I mean, understand. I don't even understand why in that type of movie they even need to specify or specific. Specific. I don't even specifically. specify specifically. I think I was trying to blend the two words. Yeah, or something. Yeah. I don't even understand why they have to acknowledge gender. No. Exactly. Well, or because well, he's usually a male chauvinistic pig in a lot of stuff to where he kind of. But but it's also plays that where he's always a womanizer. Yeah. There's also been the premise that that the author of the James Bond movies never made it clear that James Bond wasn't just a code name a and name, that yeah. there were numerous James Bonds and some could indeed be women. Yeah. So, so you're referring to the Casino Royale where it's constantly different code names. Right, right. Yeah. And right. like in Her Majesty's Secret Service, the other guy never had this much trouble. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Right. I think that Bond is literally just a code name for that organization that, of yeah. spies and anybody could be James Bond because yeah. remember people freaked out with the idea of having it be a woman. Mm -hmm. Like why couldn't it be a woman? Why exactly. can't Bond just Ian Fleming never specifies like you said what what gender exactly. James Bond is. Could be a woman I I mean a a, a man a yeah. woman who is you know goes after men, you know? Yeah. I mean who knows? Yeah. I just or a man going <laughs> after men. I mean, someone who was like kind of androgynous that could go undercover as a man or a woman, that would be kind of interesting because there's, there's, you know, there's a lot of people that um, are trans or gender fluid that don't really stick to one set of gender rules or looks or anything like that. But that would be kind of a useful, like, yeah, you know, could it actually kill. be a plot point, Why? adding adding more plot point or more um, uh, meat to the story. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, well, and that's a great point, Tavia, because if I read the article right... Uh, I want to say that the co-star in Colette uh, with Dominic West was actually playing a straight guy. So you're you're yeah. right. I feel like there's probably a, so many talented trans actors that could play a man or a yeah. woman and be believable in yeah. whatever the role. And, and like, yeah, it would be like perfect for a spy, wouldn't it? Yeah. You you don't know if it's a exactly. man or a woman. You you're don't like, know. Like, well, you, shit. I mean, I think it would be perfect. Exactly. 
I mean, it should be interesting. Yeah. That's an idea thrown out there. Let's yeah. see if anybody hooks on it. I, I just, anybody hooks on it. <laughs> I mean, I think it's time, right? We've talked about this on numerous shows before, but I think it should just always come down to who's the best actor exactly. or actress for the role. Exactly. It shouldn't be this is a man's role or a woman's exactly. role. It's just who is the if it's a trans actor, if it's a, if it's I, I I'm just I'm so tired of I like Michael B. Jordan's argument about all they wanted me to do is read for black men roles. Yeah, I just want to read. For, for a male yeah. role, like why does it have to be a black role? Exactly. So he just started reading for white people's exactly. roles. It's like no, I'm just gonna read for the role. I th- I think it should be like that for sex. It should be like that for for race. Yep. It should just be like whoever the best actor is. Yeah, you know, one hundred percent. That's what we and, and, covered last week. Yeah, and remember we talked about it. What a few months back, uh, there's actually been a couple directors and writers who have added, actually changed the character from mm-hmm. a man to a woman or a woman to a man yeah. because of the the audition of you know uh, an actor yeah. and i mean i think that's sometimes the right thing to do yeah i mean agreed agreed then you don't end up with movies that lose 60 million dollars yeah exactly because you put the wrong person in the role i exactly. mean you know you shouldn't you got to be careful with that yeah oh. seriously seriously and speaking oh of, no this ain't gonna be great for our mm, favorite tv shows I, our favorite movies right this feels like what happened the heroes yeah. and all that other stuff mm, at that like time hockey, anybody anybody the union and labor and actors and basically who everybody everybody yeah. going on strike for the beginning of 2019. Yeah, it looks like that actors are going to go on strike against um ad com- uh, companies, yeah. advertising agencies, which yeah, I mean that's the bread and butter. It is. That's that's yeah. Yeah, you know how many you, actors you, are doing commercials? How many like big actors? Samuel Jackson is everywhere. I, everywhere, like dude. So, Capital One. Capital even one. even Mother. commercials that you don't actually see a celebrity, they're usually voicing somebody yeah. or doing a voiceover. Yeah. In the in the and they get paid a shit ton of money. Exactly. But there's got to be a reason. I think you know some some rules are changing or they're not happy. We'll look. Yeah. We'll dive more into this at the beginning of the year. But it looks like they're going to go on strike against the ad companies, um, which is that's going to be just huge. Like you yeah. said, Chris brought up a good point. Yeah, because we had um, at the bottom here it says uh, the potential writers walkout against their agents is looming just a week ahead. A week yeah, later, so, after the thirty first, a yeah. week later, the writers strike. Mm-hmm. Well, we had a writers strike, and that ruined so many shows. You had heroes just starting as an infant show; mm-hmm. it was building a huge fan base, yeah. and then they had a year where it just died out, and then the show never recovered mm-hmm. from that. Sure, it had so sucks. much potential and was gone. Yeah, mm. and there's a lot of shows. There's a weird season of Lost. Didn't that log get logged into it? There's a ton of shows so at that time. Yeah, that that writer strike really did screw up a lot. So I'm hoping this writer strike doesn't. It screwed up the Oscars. It, yeah, I mean, it happened during the award season, yeah. and I mean, they didn't have comedy writers for for the award Damn. shows and stuff. Yeah. You can imagine. What that was like, I yeah, mean, you know, seriously. just Holy having shit. a Price Waterhouse come out and try to be funny, right. it wasn't funny. It's like the the winner is the winner is. I mean, it sucked. It, it writers are important. Yeah. Shit doesn't happen without the writers. Exactly. I mean, oh so. which is so all these great shows, especially every uh, Netflix is heating up an engine of tons of writers trying to put out a lot of content because uh-huh. this next year they're they're losing a lot of their. Um, bought content yeah. and putting in a lot more original content. Right. Well, you got a writer strike coming up. Uh-oh. 
Uh-oh. It, yeah, that's, like, you what know, the fuck? That's, Amazon and that's Disney. A great go. Uh, uh, Disney, was it Disney Go or Disney Now? Disney, yeah, Plus. Disney, Plus. Plus. Disney Plus. And Hulu. Everybody's trying to put original content along with all the content that's, you already see, have out there on yeah. the main networks that's and the cable channels. That's a brilliant point. When you're getting ready to come into a transition period and you're starving for content and you don't have writers. Yeah. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to... Well... And on the flip side of that, then you have people like Tavia, mm-hmm. who's a writer. But if you're a newbie writer and you're not in the union yet and you cross that picket line because they want writers, yeah. you're basically like ostracized from yeah. it. Like once the strike's over, you're never fucking working exactly. here again. I mean, so what do you do? Exactly. You know, I mean, and somehow I just wrote Netflix into this. <laughs> like I, Netflix was not in our news feed today, but oh, I still stitched it into a story. There it is. There it is. I got, I, I got the reference. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Man, that's a lot of shit to end the year with. It is, it is. But man, let's end it with a great interview by the one and only Luke Golden. Man, I can't wait to talk to this guy. He's been on The Good Place, Broad City, Tell Me a Story, a whole bunch of different stuff. He's also a male model, so I know a lot of females out there are going to be excited about this one. And Little Cam brought this up to me, and I had no idea because she remembered or whatever, but... Apparently, Luke has worn a kilt on Gossip Girl. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, shit. like, uh, so we'll find out about that. Oh, yeah, we, we got that. Him. We got that confirmed. We have the audience in there <laughs> confirming for us. See? I, I, I knew it. I mean, I can't wait to tell him because that was the response. It's yeah. just like all these females like, oh, the guy in the kilt on Gossip Girl? <laughs> like, what? Well, damn. But we'll find out. Yeah. All right. Here he is. He's calling. Hello. Hey, what's up? Is this Dustin? It is, man. Is this Luke? Uh, it is, but I you just broke up. I lost you. Oh, can you hear us? Are you I okay? can hear you now. All right. I'm good. I'm good. Fantastic, man. Well, listen, uh, I'm here, uh, Dustin, and Logan is also joining us today. What's up, brother? Hey, what's up, Logan? What's going on, man? Uh, living the dream, man. Living the dream. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Where are you guys based out of? Well, we are currently just outside New Orleans. Uh, we're getting ready to make the move over to L.A. Uh, in about a month, though. Oh, man. Congratulations. 2019 coming in big. Yeah, Hell yeah. coming in big, man. The podcast is kind of blown up. We're making the move and yeah, living the dream, bro. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so one of the last remaining from the original New Orleans podcast, man. That's right. That's right. So we're pretty pumped. Well, listen, man, we're pumped about having you join us inside the Crazy Ant Farm today. Looking at your resume, you know, doing the research on you and getting ready for the interview and everything. Man, you've been on some uh, big stuff, buddy. Uh, I mean, the the Good Place, uh, Blue Bloods, Law and Order, SVU. I mean, tell me a story. I'd say you're uh, living the dream too, man. Living it day by day. Thank you. Yeah, I've been uh, definitely blessed with some of the opportunities I've had along the way so far, and uh, looking forward uh, to what's next as well. Absolutely, you're a Gator. We should mention that you're a Gator. Yeah, yeah. Oh yes, <laughs> yes. yes, go Gators, man, right. for we're, sure. We're big SEC <laughs> down here, so of course that's pretty popular. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh man, yeah, SEC, big time, big. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Oh yeah, and uh, before we even get started, we should let you know that when we kind of hinted out to the listeners uh, that you were coming on the show, we had a lot of female interest, uh, female listeners very interested in the fact that you were coming on the show. So uh, you've got a pretty big fan base, bud. Hoot, hoot, yes. Awesome, thanks for the insider. Oh, yeah, no problem. We'll get into the uh, female listener fan base in a little bit, but uh, (laughs) just to give you the heads up. Uh, 
so listen, man. What we like to do is this: it's not so much a Q and A as it is just a roundtable. So, you know, just a few guys sitting around having a conversation and just having a good time. So, um, awesome. What we like to do is kind of give a little background for all the listeners, though, about who you are and kind of how you got into the industry and, and you know where where you got. So, I guess first is acting something you always saw yourself doing. Is it something that you wanted to pursue for early on, or how did the whole career come about? So, uh, you know. I, I think about a couple of different things. Oh man, I was just re- I, I guess I go on random tangents, so just cut me off if I go too far off. No, I was just looking at. Um, if you're familiar with the the play Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead with um, Tom Stoppard, so basically they are talking about like their first memory, like what they recollect, and uh, and he's like. I can't remember anything. He's like, nothing, nothing. I don't know. And he's like, no, the memory you first remember. So basically, I, um, I guess when I go back and I think about it each time, it's something different. But right now, I'm thinking of um, just, um, I went to a camp when I was younger, and they always would do, like, skits and stuff like that. And I thought it was just so much fun. Like, and you had each age division doing different things and kind of goofing around. So I guess that was my first experience with acting. And I really liked it, but I was more into the athletics back then. So I had like a bit of stage fright going. So I was always like nervous about doing that. So it was something that I was most interested in, but also that was kind of the most challenging as well. That's interesting because I mean, athletics, there has to be a a bit of showmanship. So the fact that you were kind of had a little stage fright with the acting, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it was really interesting. And then when I got more into, so I did a lot of sports and stuff. And then I got into the bodybuilding. So you'd be on stage, you know, basically in your underwear alone, you know, and you'd have to do like a posing routine to some coordinated music and um, have that choreographed and stuff. So, yeah, no real nerves with that stuff. But then with some of the other type of stage um, things, yeah, I had a lot of stage fright for sure that I needed to kind of work on, I guess. (laughs) I I could just say Luke walks into the audition. Can I do this in my underwear? And I'm like, you know, I'm just going to (laughs) choreograph. I guess being completely stripped down and, you know, you know, I guess what it is with the athletics is it's really, um, it's not as much as a a subjective thing. So like if you really put the time in and, you know, you could either shoot the basketball in or your physique looks a certain way, like you're really confident, but I guess you could do something um, as far as the acting and stuff and one person might like it and another person might think it's terrible. So, right. I, you know. It is very subjective. That's an excellent point. So, yeah, speaking of, so let's go into the athletics a little bit. I mean, you did get into bodybuilding um, and, and we're going to talk about that a lot because you, you've graced the covers of several dozen magazines, uh, you know, national magazines and publications, which is pretty awesome. But So, we, we mentioned that you're a Gator. Um, did University of Florida, was, was it athletics that you were there for? Is that kind of the path you took or did you do some oh, acting in between? So, like we were saying before we started the interview with the SEC being so big, I grew up in the Northeast, so I wasn't really exposed to how huge that is. Right. So, growing up, like, on varsity sports since, like, my freshman year in high school and doing three varsity sports while competing, winning, like, Mr. Team New York, so I consider myself and I identify myself as a huge athlete, but ironically or coincidentally, when I got to college... I was competing and like really getting deep into the competitive bodybuilding and 
since I didn't play a sport, you were no longer called an athlete. So if, <laughs> if you didn't play on the sports team, you were like they called everyone who was on a team an athlete and then everybody else just like completely normal. So I was like, oh, man, this is pretty intense. So but um, so me and my friends would joke about that a bit. But yes, I was definitely um I did some intramurals and stuff, but that's really when I started getting into like big picture down the line on what I was going to do with the bodybuilding because I had just come off a, a win and now I needed to know what I was going to do. Oh, that that's awesome. And is is the bodybuild? would you say the bodybuilding was, was your stepping stone into the acting career or did that just kind of fall into place after the bodybuilding? Yeah, that was the big in. Um, my high school also uh, had a big annual bodybuilding show. It was called the Fort Hamilton High School Annual Bodybuilding Show. And and it was no, like we had so many high schools in the area, you know, growing up in Brooklyn and like a huge city. And we were the only high school that ever had it. So, and it had a huge turnout, like 2,000 people every wow. year would come out and see. And I had a huge graduating class. So it was like a big deal to do that and to win. So I got into that with wanting to use that to transition into the acting full time because the only real insight into behind the scenes of acting that I really was exposed to was like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Van Damme and Sylvester Stallone, Dolph Lundgren, you know, Bruce Lee, like these guys that use their physiques or athleticism to kind of get into the acting. Right, right. Well, I, that makes sense. I mean, and I'd say they're all doing pretty well. <laughs> right. So. Yes, doing very well. But then again, once I kind of got a little deeper down the rabbit hole, you kind of realize like, oh man, there's only one Arnold Schwarzenegger. Exactly. You know I mean? right. so like it's a very specific niche of um, of actors, whereas, you know, acting as a whole is pretty competitive. But when you're looking to be that specific, it can have its challenges as well, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So what would you consider your first big role? I mean, what, what, what do you think you're, that kind of broke the ground and got you in? Man, first big role. <clears throat> so I guess this is like a two-part answer. So basically, my first big role, um, and it's because of like for a long time and maybe some other actors uh, that are listening and stuff will, will understand this, is like you do, you can have like an agent, but also the way you procure work is by like self-submission or submitting yourself or people mm -hmm. you know and stuff like that. So right. for a long time, I was doing just a lot of self-submission type stuff. So I got a really a lead in a feature film, SAG feature film by submitting like a few auditions and tapes through backstage. So that was like my first huge thing. Um, and that was a film called The Waterman. And um, which was awesome. Uh, it was like an action horror type movie. And then my first real deal big role, because it was my first gig that I booked through agents, mm -hmm. was um, a show called Broad City. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Awesome. Yeah. So that was like probably the two, you know, hand in hand biggies that are standouts as far as like the first real deal stuff. Well, that's fantastic. And I like that you bring that up because we, we will, and we'll talk about that towards the end of the interview because we always ask for advice for our listeners. We do have a lot of listeners that are looking to break into the industry. So we love having guests on that kind of share those stories. Um, do you still, um, still self-submit even though, or do you go just all through your agent now? So 
it's kind of, I guess everything is a case by case. So, um, I do do some self submission, but I guess, um, uh, listener beware you want to, but I'm also in like great communication with my reps and stuff like that too. Cause I guess there's sometimes a discrepancy where you don't want to like submit for something that, um, your people and reps might've submitted you for. Right. So like I have a pretty good communication, but it's like usually through kind of, um, I've got like somebody who's working on something or like just recently I, um, put, to, put out a tape for someone like I did, um, that gave me the heads up that was in the wardrobe department. And she was like, we're looking for someone and my agents might not have been savvy to that. So like, I just like submitted for that, you know, or, um, uh, kind of just figuring it out as you go, but making sure there's a good communication there, I think is cool. Absolutely. And uh, communication and surrounding yourself with a good team. I mean, it's imperative in this industry for sure. Yes, it is. And sometimes it takes a little while, you know, to find the right people. Like they might be great and you might be great, but like you guys want to be on the same wavelength. I found like that's like the real deal. Like when you guys really start jiving. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, okay. So we have a couple of fans of the show that were really excited. They knew right away who you were from Gossip Girl. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, What was that like? I mean, that was, that was quite an interesting and eclectic cast. I mean, you're talking Taylor Momsen and and just so many different people. What was that like on that show? So that is one of the big, I mean, that's like such an iconic show because everyone loves that show. Absolutely. And, um, and it's also a New York show, so like there's a couple of big New York shows that, especially being a New York actor, you really want to kind of be part of that history. So um, those were, I'm trying to think, they were a little while ago. So one was a huge, uh, all I remember is like interesting wardrobes because um, <laughs> one, one of the setups, we literally shot it in the back of a... Um, they have this huge studio where there's a wardrobe. Like they have like just thousands of different outfits hanging and all of this stuff. So we shot it basically in the back room of like a wardrobe thing, actually. And you would never have been able to notice that. So it was really kind of interesting. And, um, uh, the, uh, the director. It, so what was awesome about it was I got to work hands on it. It was a really, you know, kind of a one-off bit. Right. But I got to work with Tate Donovan and who I'm like, Oh man, and he's like a huge, I mean, he's a huge uh, film and TV actor, but I knew him a lot from uh, stage. He did a lot of stage work. Right. So that was really cool to work with him and be around him. And then the other time was uh, I, I, I wore like this Scottish kilt thing, like a real dressed up, like bagpipey kind of thing. <laughs> and, and it was just a huge event. So it was just awesome. And everyone was fun. So I just remember it being very, like, if I could say one thing about Gossip Girl, it was just elegant. You know what I mean? It was like that whole uh, upper crust kind of like elegant lifestyle. So I got a little piece of that and it was a ton of fun. Oh, that's fantastic. That's a great story. And like you said, I mean, it was such a huge, I guess, pop culture show. I mean, immediately they knew right away, you know, oh, yeah, he's the Scottish aristocrat guy on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, so. That's so funny. It, yeah, the aristocrat. Like, uh, yeah, that was yeah. awesome. So it must, it must have been memorable. I yeah. guess you and the kilt was memorable. So that, you know, congratulations. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, and, well, and okay, so let, let's let's move on a little bit. Uh, you also have the dubious distinction of being arrested by Donnie Wahlberg. Yeah. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah, right. uh, Blue Bloods. Uh, man, t- okay, so like you said, New York actor. They have so many outstanding productions going on in your i mean yeah. blue bloods law and order i mean just i can off the top of my head can think of so many and, and it's it's got to be fun to be a new york actor and be able to shoot in such an amazing city so uh i mean blue bloods what tom Selleck, you know donnie yeah. like talk about that for a little bit what's that experience like so oh oh so <laughs> okay so this is actually a, a piggyback off your other question i didn't think of it so fortunately I was able, I shot like um, one day, like say it was Monday, I was shooting Broad City and then Tuesday I was shooting Blue Bloods. So I shot those at the same time, but like I found out about Broad City first and then um, agreed to it and then almost couldn't do Blue Bloods because they were conflicting. One day was conflicting of the shoots, but um, uh, the people on Broad City were awesome and they moved one day. So I was able to do both, which was like awesome. So that being said, working on the Blue Bloods, um, one of the big things that comes to mind was um, because that one was like a big deal. Like that was so huge for me and awesome. And everyone was great to work with. And the audition process. So the auditions happened like really quick and it was like on a holiday. And um, I went in and we had a couple of the scenes and then didn't hear anything and then went back to the um, to the producer session where you have all the directors and producers and stuff in the room. And basically you just do the same scenes. And I wore the same shirt. I had this, um, uh, I wore this cut off, like over the top Arnold Schwarzenegger tank top <laughs> shirt. And, and I cut off this, like, it was like one of my favorite shirts. So I cut it cause the guy runs, uh, he works in a gym and stuff like that. The character. So I cut the sleeves off to make it like a real muscly tee. And when I went into the callback, Right when I got in, we were joking around and everyone was joking around a bit. And then one of the main producers said something about my shirt. He's like, I love that shirt. And then right then and there, because it was my Arnold shirt, I just felt awesome. And like, <laughs> I knew I had the thing, you know? Oh, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that's a random story. But I guess uh, working on the show... One of the big scenes I remembered was shooting, a big thing for me up until that point was shooting in New York City, yes, but um, a lot of New York actors will know this. They put up the signs, like what production is shooting, and then you see the trailers and all of that stuff. So like when you're walking around the city as an actor, you're like, I want to be on that, like working literally on the street. Right. So right. we did a setup, we did a setup that was literally on the street because we have the we did the the first part of the scene started in a restaurant that was kind of outside Mm -hmm. and then you know uh we had to run off and that's right when donnie kind of arrests me like catches me and stuff Mm -hmm. right so we were doing that with hired extras but then there was also real new yorkers around and just the energy of the city and doing what you were like dreaming of doing so that was just pretty awesome like that's definitely a highlight of doing it in the streets absolutely absolutely and and that's uh if i'm not mistaken for all the listeners out there they can catch that that's in your demo reel so they can see that scene if they want to uh, oh yeah they can catch it on the demo or i think i think blue bloods is on netflix too if you got the netflix yeah. check it out absolutely check it out. <laughs> absolutely man absolutely and so we, we got to talk about the machine that is law and order yeah i mean that we've had several guests who have been on law and order and they they all just talk about it 
at, you know, at what an experience it was and, and, and how well operated it is. But very cohesive as a family and as a group, and they're very welcoming, but still just this huge operation that's like a machine that just, you know, clicks on every level. What was that like? Because, I mean, your episode was pretty, pretty, uh, the subject matter was, was inter, I mean, not that they're all interesting, but I mean, this one with the athletics, I'm sure you kind of fell right into it with the football and, and, and all the different stuff. It was, it was pretty, uh, highly rated episode and a dealt with some serious subject matter but what was it like being on law and order i mean uh, svu obviously what was that like let's talk about that yeah svu is the big one that's the seal of approval for the new yorker man (laughs) so um that just in itself was great so again i mean a lot of these things um uh and i i think it might be interesting because it's a lot what uh listeners might not uh see or hear is the kind of the behind the scenes in the sense of the auditioning process, you know, um, even like, uh, I have no idea about some of that stuff. Um, and basically with this one specifically, I had auditioned for a different role mm. and, um, it was, uh, a ton, a, a ton of material and stuff. And even into the callbacks, that's the scene that I did. And then I think on a Friday night, I got a call from my agents and they offered me another role and I was like, Oh, awesome. So, it was completely fresh. Like I had never seen the material before. And then we were going to start shooting that Monday or something like that. So at least with the other material, like you've done it in front of a few people, Mm -hmm. um, like you did it for the original uh, audition and then you're doing it for the callback. So this time, like I was like, Oh man, it was real fresh. So I've never done it before in front of anybody. So like you're coming in really like, cold you know what i mean so right but that was kind of kind of cool too that like you could do whatever you wanted to do realistically so it was pretty great like i remember having the like you were saying because it was with all the athletics it was just um for me it reminded me of um do you remember the did you guys ever see the movie varsity blues Absolutely. yes yeah and you remember uh scott Kahn's character tweaker yeah like the dude who was just going nuts and all that stuff yeah that yeah character the character kind of reminded me of that a little bit. Like when he comes in, like he's the guy on the team who's like really gonna like you know steal the steal the cop car and ride it around yeah. naked. You know what I mean, kind of deal. So so basically, it was just like a free reign to have fun. And like a lot of the stuff was because it was that type of um, episode or character. It, every time you were with like a cop, like um, Ice um, uh, Ice T or um, uh, oh the uh, the other detective, you could just mess with them. You know what I yeah, mean? It absolutely. Just mess with them, kind of like you wanted to, would want to do in like real life, but never get to do so. Right. Like, all <laughs> those elements were just a ton of fun. It was like the lines you want to say is like, "I ain't telling you the truth." You know, like <laughs> I'm not t- like I want my lawyer type. You know, type stuff. So it was like being on the show and then getting to say like really fun fun lines i guess <laughs> right no that's fantastic i love that story man that's fantastic uh, well congratulations cuz like you said i, I mean th- i think for a new york actor doing any series or any i mean like you said law and order that 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 series of shows is is the benchmark and so congratulations man uh for, for nailing that um, there's one that I want to talk about before we get to the two current series, um, that, that really jumped out at me, uh, addicted. Um, I, I think that's, oh, yes. you know, that's such a relevant storyline nowadays. I, I mean, I can't tell you 
the the times that we've heard we used to be in uh journalism and news before we started doing this and so oh, the, awesome the, same same yeah so the amount of stories that we you would do on a daily basis of people addicted to Adderall and college students and and, and you know how it, it turns something innocent into all of a sudden it's out of control type of a thing yeah. this movie really jumped out at me I, I think the subject matter is something that needs to be addressed and talked about and uh, so let's talk about that film a little bit now this is about a character who was put on it for ADD when he was 10 and is still addicted to it in college right? Yes and also Miss um misled and misdiagnosed um not i guess not to give too much away I, but that's the 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 storyline um that um the character drew dawson finds out at the end and um i'm not sure if it's mentioned on the the imdb breakdown or anything like that but it is based on very heavily a true story and a real a real person who um unfortunately uh the the character committed suicide too mm. so it was um a very like you said um realistic real circumstance and then also based on somebody's real life um was uh it was very intense and yeah i wanted to um approach that uh with a high level of respect and um concern about the material so it was uh a really like that was such an amazing um story and experience for me especially to work with a, a lot of the cast members the entire all every supporting cast like everybody what was so great about that film from a technical aspect was it's an independent film and making any film is challenging especially an indie film on you know a, a restrained budget but mm -hmm. the supporting cast sometimes is where you can just run into a little bit of trouble i think i find sometimes but yeah. even if somebody was only there for a day like the best actors like such a strong supporting cast and also to work with um, Kathleen Quinlan was like really she plays my mother in the film but like really became like a mother like figure and um, was really just uh, an amazing experience to work with her but yeah the uh, I think some some of the misconception with the film is that it's people saying like oh that the um, uh, medicine is bad or you know you can be so I was concerned about that because I did a lot of research and for people who have um, the AD, ADD or ADHD and stuff like that and basically finding differing opinions of um, the medicine really kind of uh, calibrating their mind to help them to focus better right and a lot of people having adverse um, side effects, like really bad side yeah. effects to the medication and stuff like that too, where they were having similar effects like the character, uh, Drew Dawson in the film mm. with, um, either, you know, um, especially if you were having the withdrawals and things like that. But I think it's, yeah, I think it's a powerful film where you can see the differences between, um, using drugs recreationally or how powerful the mind is what um, at a young age that if people or teachers or even you know family members do something to a, a, a child how, the ramifications of it where it can lead you and stuff so I think it's overall like really powerful story yeah yeah abso absolutely and and again I, I think it's a story that needs to be told it's an issue that needs to be addressed right and I'm glad a film like that was made and that people are addressed because it's important it's absolutely important so you know congrats to you for that and being a part of it man and it uh, just it's an important message awesome thanks and yeah i'll just give a quick plug to the director and writer dan jensky because it was a short 
film first and then it won a couple of awards and then he adapted and you know uh really pushed that film forward so um uh, yeah the director dan jensky was great as well awesome nice. awesome well done so le- okay so le- let's jump we gotta jump a little bit the the good place Obviously, a huge show. Everybody, everybody loves a good place. It's got a phenomenal cast. I mean, you're talking Ted Danson mm-hmm. and Kristen Bell, and just like so many amazing people on this show. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So huge congratulations for that. It's got to be epic to be on that show. Um, and, and to get to play off of Kristen Bell. Uh, I mean, that that's got to be amazing. Let's talk about that first of all. Is she as awesome <laughs> as she comes across? Because right. I just feel like she's got to be one of the most awesome people ever. And uh, what what's it like to be working on that show and have that experience? Because it looks like a lot of fun. I mean, I, I love your and you're currently. Should we tell? I don't think it's too much of a. You're back in the bad place, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> Yes, we we are. Well, technically, I guess we are on Earth, specifically yes. Canada. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a lot of twists and turns. That's part of the excitement, I suppose, of the show. Right. Um, but yeah, that one I kind of like to break it down, like that to a word, and it is just epic, epic and blessed with the good place, man. It's so. I mean, Michael Schur is brilliant. Um, the whole thing, like the whole storyline of how it's unfolding and everything, it's just so, it's such a smart, fun show. Um, and yeah, it's just such a privilege to be around high level, like if you look at it as athleticism, like high level pro athletes, you know, right. almost. And and um, and yes, uh, and I would say even more so back to Kristen, so cool, so awesome and just Stunning. Like the first time I saw her, I wasn't like, you know, like Saving Silverman and a couple and Veronica Mars and things like that. And, you know, she's very attractive. But when I saw her in person, I was like, wow, Kristen is beautiful, you know, aesthetically, but also as a person. So yeah. um, it was really great to just be present, you know, like, so as far as like acting off of her, like you were saying, I was like, oh, wow, you know, when you're in the presence of like really such professionals, you really, your job is easy. You just have to stay with them. Like, I'm just going to look at this person, you know, and see what they're doing and just play off of it. So it was great. And the same thing with um, uh, Mr. Danson. When the first time I met him, he was uh, very welcoming and, um, yeah, just awesome. Like, even just hearing him before, like, an entrance, like, how hilarious he was from, like, behind the scene, you know, like, literally behind, like, a fake wall or something before right. you would come in. So you're just listening to him, and it was just, like, <laughs> specifically his laugh. I had to come in for one of the entrances, like, um, my cue was, like, on his laugh. So uh, every time it was just, you wanted to just break out laughing because he or he just does a real every time organic hilarious maniacal laugh so that was just pretty awesome too to totally see and i i love what you said there something that jumped out at me right there because we hear this a lot from guests also that a, a huge part of acting is reacting so i love that you said you know you just play off of your fellow actors and what are they doing i'm gonna do this and they kind of elevate you to where you need to go i think that it's important as an actor to recognize that that's a huge part of it uh and i i gotta say i i mean i love the show i love your character on the show and, and i'm hoping that that we see a lot more of it and that the show continues on and on because it, like you said it's such an interesting storyline uh, you know in the twists and turns it's so creative so it, yeah uh, huge congrats on the success for that man 
Yeah, awesome. Thanks. Yeah, super. Yeah, that's the whole thing with the show. Like when they let you know, it's just pure excitement every time. You know, first season, second season, third season, and now with the the Golden Globes and the uh, right. choice. I mean, it's just more excitement and uh, great stuff for the show. So yeah, I'm excited to be involved. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And talk. Okay, talk about another series that's kind of a, a like just out there, man. Twist and turn and like storyline that's just way out there. Uh, if anybody hasn't seen it yet because cbs all access so if you haven't had the opportunity to check it out you need to check it out it's called tell me a story uh you play billy on this one and and let's uh, let's talk about that kind of set up the premise for anybody that might not have cbs all access or have seen it yet it's kind of like fairy tales but set in a modern world and it's kind of a dark turning twist right yeah exactly and with yeah just really grounded in truth like it's very realism so um not like um i guess uh once upon a time is a li- gets a little stylized as far as the fairy tales and stuff like that i guess right. a really big difference with tell me a story or kevin williamson's tell me a story is a um just yeah the the story tells kind of interweaving and based in a modern day new york's well i guess they go it starts in new york city the core of it's new york city and then they spread out a bit but yeah modern day and grounded in truth for sure right yeah absolutely i mean like one of one of the things that stands out if you if you've seen the trailer for this or if you've watched any of the episode just yeah there's this scene where like the three pigs are robbing a bank (laughs) what is going on man you know it's like wait a minute no so yeah, what I guess if um, not to give away too much, but what happens kind of how that ties in and makes a uh, uh, makes sense is there was a rally like a um, uh, because of the 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 I guess p- police shootings and stuff like that. There was a um, a march against you know like um, you know wrongful killings or shootings or something like that. So a lot of the people in the crowd were wearing pig masks. So our um, our uh, main three. Uh, male actors in the the three little pig storyline i suppose were savvy to that so they used it in their uh, to their advantage to uh. then break out so no one could know who they were and then to get lost in the crowd kind of deal interesting interesting so talk yeah. about your character a little bit you're the roommate of one of the one of the main guys right yes i play the roommate of the character gabe played by davi santos right uh, yes oh man uh dobby's great so we had so much fun together so um that's kind of like one of the things you just hope for and can't really plan like going off of playing off of people it's mm-hmm. it's always special when you just have an instant rapport with somebody and um that happened with uh dobby so that was a lot of fun and um so yeah just the same thing like very welcoming from the rest of the cast kevin williamson was great and uh, to work with him who's iconic absolutely and then just, and then just playing off of dobby and just um similar a, a little bit to the uh going back to the SVU of just like having fun kind of deal mm-hmm. was um, bringing that back um, and just being a little, you know, like what kind of trouble or fun can we get into? You know what I Absolutely. mean? Kind of mindset. So it was a blast and obviously it doesn't go so well, but <laughs> most of the time that doesn't. So, <laughs> That's so yeah. 
I, I love the, I love the behind the scenes stories yeah. like that though, you know, because that's the stuff that you don't get to hear about or see. So I love when that when yeah, guests exactly. talk about stuff like that. Um, speaking of, let, let's get a little bit serious for a little bit because I, I kind of want to touch on a, on a few subjects that are huge right now in the industry that aren't going away any, and I think are playing a, a big deal right now. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the Me Too movement and what has been your experience with that. Um, because we've had some guests on that we we're trying to kind of highlight both sides of the issues. You're a good looking guy. You, you've competed in, in stuff that deals with your looks, with your body. I would assume, uh, you know, and, and this is just a thought and an opinion, but I would assume that it has to take place on the other side as well. You know, we've seen Terry Crews come forward. We've seen the stuff. Have you seen a change in the industry where, where moves are being made to try to get this? Do you see a dual standard or a double side to the issue? And and what are your thoughts on the, on the whole movement? Is is it good or bad, or what do you see? Oh man, that's a big question. Um, <laughs> uh, ju- w- w- just to clarify, on the other side, you mean the other side, meaning like um, men like being harassed, or me- uh, oh, so you mean like oh, it ha- like similarly to like what occurred to Terry Crews? Exactly. Um, I feel like oh, sure. well, yeah, totally. I mean, um, once again, I wasn't there and I didn't do too much research on it, but it also, I think. I don't know if it's did the I don't know where it really all started, but I think the the thing that occurred with um, Kevin Spacey was it happened with a male as well. But right. um, not to take it away, I think the me I don't know if Terry Crews is starting a whole thing, but I re, I think the Me Too is strictly a, a women thing. Um, so I uh, but it might be. I mean, it has some stuff happened to men. So this is where I think I guess this will be my um. Uh, contribution to this sure what i feel and i think it is um i think it's tricky and um uh basically what i would say is i think things um and what i've been focusing on now too um is like stay in your own lane Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) Meaning, meaning like i guess a lot of what if conversations come up and it's ultimately you don't know if it didn't happen to you. And, you know, we do have our own opinions and experiences um, and, you know, past stuff going on and in uh, intellect to contribute in conversation. But I think it's all about to focusing on yourself and, you know, if it didn't have, you know, like stay in your lane is the word I think I'm marinating on, meaning not to not say anything, but to listen, uh, to be available, to help people that are in need but also to, to not because I didn't have it happen to me and I'm not a woman in a situation like that, not saying that a man couldn't uh, be you know vulnerable as well. But I think it's a specific thing. Same thing with, you know, like, um, uh, uh, you know, Black Lives Matter and other things Absolutely. It's to be to be open, to listen, to have your opinion. But, you know, to know when to speak and to know when to be silent and to just know, like, if it didn't happen to you, ultimately, just be there to support and give a helping hand. You know what I mean? I think that's what I'm trying to marinate on. Absolutely. But, Good. Um, that That's yeah. solid advice, man. I, th- I think that's great advice and a great approach. Uh, I, I perfectly said, man, and I, I think we both agree with you. We're, we're just both this whole, whole time you're talking, just nodding our head like exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly oh, how you should do it. I mean, it's very. I think it's ultimately a very sensitive situation, and if yeah. you don't know, you don't know, kind of deal, you know. But Absolutely. you can help still if you don't know. Find out and help out. 
<laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And the other big one going on in the industry right now, and I'm real, real interested to hear your take on this, is social media. We're hearing from a lot of guests and a lot of people in the industry how big a role social media is playing now about how people are getting roles because they have more followers and not necessarily more talent than someone else. And uh, and and the role that it's playing in, in the entertainment industry. Do you find that to be true? Uh, have you run across that in auditions where you're asked about your following and how big you are or uh have you not run across that yet what's your thought on that yes i have many a thought on it um i guess the most important thought is um once again like where uh, what i've been marinating on and i think could potentially be you know helpful um is it is a real thing and ultimately if it's real it's real and so basically whether I think it comes more into some people disliking it or like having a bit of a negative, um, you know, tint on when, when, when they're discussing it or a positive. So basically it, it is real. It is here and um, it is here for the time being. Will it be in the future? We don't know, but it looks like that. So um, to use it to the best of uh, your ability or to your advantage. So that's kind of just the approach I've been taking. Um, are people using it? Potentially, I don't know like the real, real facts, but um, it seems like it would be a useful tool. So I'm treating it as such and also just looking at it more so like, oh, you, when we go to auditions or something, they're taking like they only care about this and not tell. So I'm not even making it kind of about that conversation. I'm trying to just use it on my own as a extremely valuable resource that one might not have had generations prior to just communicate, to um, disclose certain things, to show a certain side of yourself to um, a larger audience and to have to have a voice um, when and if you need it. Absolutely. that I love how you say a, a useful tool because that's exactly the way we look at it too. I mean, just even 10, 15 years ago, the, the idea of being able to market yourself or put yourself out there or communicate with people on this type of a level wasn't even thought of unless you were going through right. your people. So, I mean, it's an amazing tool to do just that. I love the fact that you call it a tool because that's exactly what it is. Exactly. Basically, yeah. Instagram can be a lookbook for a model or something Absolutely. like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, anything, anything. And I mean, I, I look at it as it's like, um, it's just interesting. I mean, it's a very interesting thing because there's me like uh, many of them overlap, you know, and some of them you use for different things like, you know, Twitter versus Instagram mm -hmm. and Instagram versus Facebook and then um, Patreon and YouTube and like kind of emerging them all together or keeping them separate. Like it's just an, it's an interesting, um, yeah, tool or a resource where you can either market yourself or show your show your art or um, excuse me your ability or your craft or or whatever you're trying to um, give to people or to you know even to access have access to certain people where you might not otherwise even podcasts you know what I mean yeah like, absolutely I think that's social media to an extent as well yeah sure absolutely I mean just from our personal experience I mean the growth that we've been able to make and the contacts that we've been able to accumulate and reach out to this interview with yourself I mean absolutely yeah. uh, podcasting for sure has been been a great tool for us to be able to expand our name um so I would agree with you wholeheartedly there yeah and you guys are like and you guys are you know uh, like we were saying before you know you're making a big jump but that's from the you know the years 
of work. Yeah, work you guys have been doing, but also um, uh, you and Logan are having a fun time. Like you're thinking about it, you know, each one having fun and enjoying it and learning and stuff. So I think like if you use it, um, as far as the process and don't, and let the results take care of itself, it is, um, uh, uh, way more valuable. Oh man, that perfectly said, I mean, that's exactly how we approach it. It's the, we look, it is a lot of work. It's hard work. And what we do, we take very seriously, but it is all about having fun and enjoying what you're doing. And I think you just nailed it, man. When you do that and you approach it that way, you just let the results take care of itself. And that's yeah. exactly what we do every week. And man, thank you. Thank you for the kind words for that, by the way, too. Yeah, um, no problem. So, and speaking of, like I said, now we can get back to having poking a little fun and having a little fun. When uh, social media, all of our female listeners, I, I can't tell you how many people interacted. Like when we just had, didn't even officially announce, just hinted that you were coming on the show. We got all kinds of questions and all like, what's his handle? Is he on social media? Can we follow him? Um, all kinds of fun stuff. But I, I will say two questions that, that jumped out at the top of the list. So we promised we would ask during the interview. Um, and, oh my goodness. And especially. Especially, I think we found your biggest fan ever. Her name is Bailey Wiltz, and she was all over it. She's a friend of ours, and she's like, oh my gosh, are you seriously interviewing him? So uh, uh, there you go, Bailey. We gave you a shout-out. Um, <laughs> What's up, Bailey? What's up, Bailey? Thank you. <laughs> so, so the two biggest questions, and I, uh, here we go, and I, I, hope, I, hope, <laughs> I hope you're okay. One, are you single? They all want to know, is Luke Golden single? I'm going to give no comment. <laughs> smart man. There He's you a go. Very smart man. All right. Now, <laughs> and I think you you know, I think you can get around this one if you do it very you seem very very sly, very put together. They want what's your ideal woman? What do you look for in your ideal woman? Let's see. I'll say um, ideal woman or person is someone who's passionate and motivated and has a strong self-worth. You know, that and I think all of those things combined to equal confidence. Uh, wow. Excellent answer. Yeah. Uh, wow. That is an excellent answer. Thank yeah. you for that. That just spot on. Yes. Yeah, spot on. Well done, sir. Well done. <laughs> and, and he answered that. And I love the no comment. That's, <laughs> that's fantastic. Uh, I'm gonna plead the fifth. He's been on enough procedural uh, yeah, exactly. law procedural shows. He knows when to plead okay, the right. fifth. That's right. I need a lawyer for that one. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, so what do you got coming up? Let's tell everybody what you got coming up. What you working on? So I've got um, a couple of films that are hopefully about to be um, coming out or have a 29 release and uh, one I'm uh, all of them I'm really excited about but one was really intense similarly to The Addicted um, and it's called Final Frequency it's a sci-fi um, type thriller about uh, based on loose true events as well about these missing Nikola Tesla papers and I play an ex-vet who um, has PTSD so that's where the element of um, wa wanting to approach it with um, you know, um, uh, seriousness because of that is also a very, very serious, you know, mental health and PTSD and things like that are right. like a really, really, um, um, intense issue. Um, so it was great to, um, research and find out more about what's going on with that and, you know, uh, the troops and stuff like that, but it also has a lot of comedy in it too. And that's a great story. So it's called final frequency and hopefully they have a 2019 release. And another film by Linda Yellen called Fluidity, where I had a chance to work with a really cool ensemble cast, kind of about um, 
the dating app culture specifically in New York City oh, and, or in any city and like just the differences between um you know I guess like sexual identity and also another very current type uh issue going on so it was uh educational to be around a lot of that and see what was going on and it was um great to work with linda and the rest of the cast on that too and it's called fluidity and she's fluidity. Out of 2019 release Fantas- oh man you got to work with uh james chen on that one we had james on the show yeah. recently yeah man he's fantastic james last, uh, we were just i was just saw james last night yeah hey. I love james. he's awesome oh he's yeah man great. he, he was a great. great guest also man just that's awesome that you guys got to work together fantastic Fantastic. Yeah, James is cool. <laughs> All right, so let's do the social media shout out. Where can everybody follow you? Sweet, it's just Luke Golden official on uh, Instagram and Facebook, and it's I think it's just Luke Golden on Twitter. Awesome. Okay, fantastic. Listen, man, this has been a lot of fun, dude. Yeah, you, you, you just I love your approach on on the way you you attack the career and the stuff that you've done. Yeah, uh, and just I like that you have fun, man. You sound like you just go for it, and, and the best part about it is having fun with what you do. And that's our approach, man. And we just love people that think like that. Yeah, that's it. You only live once, right? Exactly. You gotta live it. You gotta have fun while you're doing it, I suppose, right? Absolutely, <laughs> man. What's the point if you don't, right? <laughs> exactly. Well, awesome. Thank you guys so much. And happy new year and good luck with the new ventures coming up. Oh man, thank you, so man. Appreciate it. And same to you. And look, man, anytime you want to come back and promote something you got going on or you just want to shoot the shit, man, just your open invite, dude. Yep. Anytime you want to come oh. back, you're more than happy, man. Awesome. Seriously. Thank you guys so much. I love that. All right, dude. Take care, man. We'll talk to you soon. All right. That was awesome. Yeah. That's man. how you yeah, have so to like, live. Yeah. Just, you only live once. So exactly. might as well take a chance and just do it. Exactly. I just, I really like his approach. Like every behind the scenes story was about how he would just cut up and have fun. Yeah. Or he was exactly. trying to fight from laughing and like, you know. Exactly. Um, I, I will say how uh, it was so nice to hear though that uh, Kristen Bell is as nice a person on the inside as she is yeah. on the outside. And like, yeah. that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Hell so, yeah. Um, yeah, just what a great approach. Yeah, what great a great guest. interview. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Now it is time for the top five segment. Oh, man. This week it is top five most anticipated movies for 2019. Oh, man. There's a lot of good man, ones on this list. So many good ones. Yeah. Like, and I mean, I feel like Disney has taken up yeah, a lot. Yeah, did I hear yeah, y'all yeah. just talking about Disney? I, my list like, literally has one Disney. 574 but. movies coming out in 2019, and I want to say like 570 of them are Disney. Yes. <laughs> facts. I mean, it's like, that could be one of those facts yeah, that's real. Seriously. I mean, it's crazy how many they got coming out over the next year. It really it, it's is. It's nuts. Latte? That's because Disney owns all the movies now. That's true. You want, you want to give yours first? Me? Yes, you. Should we have okay. a little clock? We, I mean, we should have a little Hell bell anytime me? somebody does a Disney one. Bing! Ding! 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 <laughs> All right, Latte, well, let's hear them. There'll be a couple of mine. Uh, of course, Avengers Endgame. Ding! Uh, <laughs> Captain Marvel. Oh, okay, uh, please don't do that every time. Oh, yes. No, that'd be a good oh, one. Every, every time she names a Disney one, we do Mickey. <laughs> Gosh! I don't have Mickey. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I think I can spell that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, I don't know if this one's Disney or not, but the Lego 2 movie, oh, okay. Lego Movie 2, rather. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. No? Okay. No, but uh, okay. Then I also have Glass. Looking mm. forward to that. Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, that looks good. And then uh, Get Chapter 2. I know that yes. one ain't Disney. Yes. 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 And then also, like I said earlier, uh, uh, an honorable mention for Kevin. He 
he's really looking forward to John Wick 3. Yeah. yeah. Go, Kevin. <laughs> Kevin Smith in the house, or at least in the car. In he's the in the car. car. He's in the car. <laughs> he's in the car. <laughs> he's driving. He's driving. He's right. driving Miss Latte. Yeah. <laughs> we could have made a, a whole, um, we could have made a, what's it called, yeah, reference with driving my car. Oh, yeah. The heft. That's right. All right. All right who's going next? Latte. Right, wow. Over here. Wow. wow. Over here. Wow. You're going to be in the doghouse now. What's your face? What's your face? <laughs> your turn, little Cam. Little Cam. You look it. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm pretty sure all of mine are Disney. I think all of mine are Disney. Ouch. I have an alert button now. All right, so and mine are never in any order, so okay. of course, yeah. Is there um, more than three? I have all five. <laughs> three, oh, smack! Oh. Damn. Okay. I'm gonna punch of, you in the face. Both of you sleep with eyes open tonight. Right. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so Dumbo, because mm. I grew up on the original Dumbo, and yes. I want to see this one. Uh, Lion King, <laughs> Avengers Endgame, Toy Story Four. <laughs> Wait, that's Pixar. Well, yeah. Wow. <laughs> and Captain Marvel. Yes. Yep. That's what I'm talking about. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right. All right. Mine is Captain Marvel, <laughs> Avengers Endgame, Toy Story 4, <laughs> Lion King, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, It Chapter 2, and The Joker, the new Joker coming out. Mm -hmm. Oh. Yeah, wow. Yes. That, that, uh, again, that was a lot of Disney. Yeah, well, it was a lot of Disney. It was a lot of Disney. It was like half. All right, Chris, what you got? Glass. Glass. Yes, glass, definitely. Pet Cemetery. Oh, yes. I forgot Pet about Cemetery. that one. Oh, I forgot about that one. Endgame. <laughs> Pokemon Detective. Oh, yeah. Uh, John Wick 3. Yeah. I had honorable mentions of Dark Phoenix and maybe M uh, Men in Black International, yeah. but I'll kind of a may big maybe on that one because I am too. Um, I don't know how I yeah. feel about it. Yeah. I don't know. Like I do like the characters with Will Smith yeah. and all that, yeah. but I saw where that was going away. But I was like, y'all could have yeah. expanded it with Will Smith right. too in but a way. Yeah, yeah. we'll yeah. see. We we'll shall see. see. All right, get your uh, sound alert ready. <laughs> all right, mine. Obviously, Spider-Man: Far From Home. Well, oh yeah. It, well, is that Sony or is yeah. that? No, no, that's, that's Marvel. Okay, Marvel. That's okay. MCU, Disney, and then Captain Marvel, Avengers: Endgame, Lion King, and to be fair, because I'm an equal opportunity nerd, I'm really looking forward to Wonder Woman '84. It's yeah, right. Wonder Woman '84. Oh, yeah. I think is going to be epic. And Tom so. Hanks's uh, Will Rogers movie is yeah, coming out yeah. this year. Not and of course, we talked about it earlier at the top. So honorable mention: Disney episode nine. I mean, um, Disney episode nine. Yeah, uh, Star Wars episode nine. Yeah, I'm super stoked that about also, that one. Yeah. So uh, Disney. Let, let's just be about. But we're going to spend a lot of money at Disney. This. Uh, I mean, they're going to make a lot of money off of us. Yeah. Cha I mean, Chang. Yeah. Cha Chang. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's right. Mickey's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Pinders, Pinders, Pinders. Like, okay. <laughs> All right. Word of the day. Who says diamonds are a girl's best friend? Oh, word of the day. Word of the day. Thank God. It's a pretty gross one this time. I decided to go a little grosser. Oh. oh. Honey wagon. Honey wagon. <laughs> That's another new thing we can get. Honey wagon. It's a mobile <laughs> toilet unit. A mobile, mobile toilet, toilet unit. unit. Well, there's a whole bunch of people that work on film sets yeah. and everything else, right? Film, TV, okay. and all that. Okay. Well, but they got to go to the bathroom, especially when you're out on location. The bathroom doesn't come. <laughs> you have to bring the bathroom to you. Okay. 
That's true. But to be fair, the honey wagons are now like luxurious star trailers. Yeah. Well, I mean, they they are. They're basically like a one bedroom apartment no now shit. with a yeah. toilet. I mean, yeah, but the, the the one for the crew guy who's just a unit <laughs> no, or production no, assistant, see, he yeah. that's a mobile just that's a porter potty they, they, on the back of the, wa- on the wagon. That they just nicely put the honey wagon sign yeah, on. The sign, yeah. like, the actual honey wagons are like small houses now. I mean, yeah. these trailers are insane yeah. now. Oh well, goodness. the legend behind the name honey wagon is referred to the honey colored liquid that comes out when emptying the holding tanks. Uh, yeah, that's where it gets really gross. I, I see. Uh, gross. Yeah. <laughs> what was that, Kevin Smith? Uh, what would you say? <laughs> Take a left here. <laughs> and oh, as you say, in the lava apartments, also the makeup crew yes. also uses the wagons, yep. Um, yep. and especially multiple different things, or like bathing and showering. Mm, because yeah. Yeah. if you're doing full body makeup, yeah. Yeah. before you leave the set, you got to get all that stuff off of there. True. If you're using blood, you got to shower. Cause, yeah, or you just have yeah. a, like, um, Bruce Campbell in the original Evil Dead would say, like, they were mixing up some making concoctions that right. all the flies were coming in on set and landing on him, and right. he couldn't even get, until he went to the motel to go shower, Damn, he's true. just covered in That's cake annoying. and breaking hair off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Walking Dead, I bet, has all kinds of I stuff bet. like that happen all the time. Remember, yeah, because it's all uh, open. Yeah, Jason Warner Smith told us they were literally eating. Yeah. Flies are coming in, uh, eating the guts and uh, ugh. Little known fact: we like to drop knowledge and facts on this show. Yeah, like and it. Kevin Smith and Latte are driving a honey wagon right now across the country yeah, in are. Louisiana. They are. They're <laughs> driving they across Louisiana in a honey wagon. It's fantastic. Look for them. Look for them. Look, yeah. Look for Kevin Smith and Latte. You can't miss them. They're driving a wood paneled honey wagon. It's gonna be great. <laughs> the, the famous Mazda honey wagon. That's the right. Mazda honey wagon. <laughs> So anyway, box well, anyway. office prediction time. All right, let's do a little recap here. Aquaman. I predicted it to be number one, yet it was. All uh, hail King Arthur. Yeah. Boom. Uh, I predicted around 70 to 75 million. It did under my predictions with around 67.4 million. Well, it still did pretty good. Still it did, did pretty good. It did. Uh, number two was Mary Poppins, which I predicted. I predicted around 35 to 40 million. It got. 23.5 damn talk about a huge damn. drop off that what i was thinking of but uh bumblebee was number three and i thought this film was going to be number four so i was wrong about that but i predicted around 20 to 25 million and it got 21.7 million so just in the right right spot for that one uh spider-man into the spider universe I predicted it to be number three, but it was number four. It got uh, 16.6 million. I predicted around 20 to 25 million. So, eh, it still did pretty good, though, for a holiday weekend, especially against some huge blockbusters. Um, and number five was The Mule, which I thought was going to be number four, but it was actually number five. It got around 9.5 million. I predicted 10 to 15. So, still doing pretty good. Still doing pretty good, I must say. Huh, thank you. I'm fantastic. Yeah. What did we not uh, hear on that list? Uh, Vice. Vice. Or uh, Welcome to Marwin, right? Or Welcome to Marwin. Or, or Jennifer oh. Lopez's new one. Yeah, second act. That the one. Mule beat all of those new releases. It did. That should tell you something. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. should tell you something. Yeah, but number one this week, uh, psh, uh, honestly, Aquaman, because it, I think it'll have some legs and... Nothing good looks like it's coming out until, like, March, to be honest with you. So, eh, and that's uh, Captain Marvel. So, 
I honestly have no idea how it's going to play out. But number one this week, I think it's going to be Aquaman with around 30 to 35 million. Number two, I think it's going to be Bumblebee. I think Bumblebee's going to hop back up there. I think it's going to be around hop back up there. Uh, 20 to 25 million. Number three, I think will be Mary Poppins with around 15 to 20 million. Number four, I think will be uh, honestly. Because Vice and Holmes, or Vice, Holmes and Watson are also now out. But I also heard that Holmes and Watson isn't getting good reviews. Yeah, and those, I mean, those they're, reviews they're saying Holmes and Watson could potentially be the worst film yeah, ever made. Like, they were running that all morning about it could yeah, potentially be the worst film ever insane. made. So it's going to be yeah. Tommy Wiseau's The Room yeah, and Bird Apocalypse. Uh, those are sitting at the worst movies out I there. I know, but it's, so it's, crazy. let's just say it's not getting good reviews. <laughs> yeah. At number five, I think, will be Spider-Man Into the Spider-Universe with around eh, 10 to 15. That's a pretty good film. So Yeah, I, mean, no, yeah, it's, I well think, honestly, I, I want to say yeah. I think Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was probably the spoiler that brought your numbers down for this week. Yeah. You know, because you predicted right for one and two, but they were lower totals. Yeah. I think it's because people were still going to see Spider-Man Into the yeah, Spider-Verse. I was very it, surprised. I mean, yeah, really I like good. how you use the honey wagon transition into. That's what Bumblebee will be driving into the second spot again. <laughs> is the honey wagon? wagon. That's Bumblebee. Right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. Jeez. Well, let's change it over to music a little bit. Billboard chart toppers, Hot 100. Ariana Grande still there with no, next. really, yeah. with six yeah. straight week. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Please stop playing it. Uh, top 200 albums is Kodak Black's new album, Dying to Live. Mm. And this is the first week it has been on the number one spot. Uh, honorable mention, Star is Born is still rising, uh, number three now. And Spider-Man Into the Spider-Universe soundtrack is now at number five. So. And, and just just another honorable mention and a little shout out. Apparently on Monday, mm-hmm. Christmas Eve... Mariah Carey broke the all-time streaming record on Spotify. More Damn. than 10 million streams for All I Want for Christmas is You. Damn. No, that yeah. can't be that one. It can't yeah, be that. Yeah, yes, and yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. She, every Christmas, and then it drops out, and then it pops back yeah. in every Christmas. I yeah. mean, she is just banking. Uh, yeah, but yeah, just she, off that song. Yeah, she just posted on, you know, hey, thanks, broke the record. You mm-hmm. know, I'm like, okay. Like, but cool. I mean, 10 million streams on Christmas Eve alone. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> but, Insane. Yeah. Insane. But anyway, guys, that is our show for this week. Thank you so much for a fucking fantastic year. Oh my 2018 yay. was so good. Thank you so much for coming along this year and getting crazy with us. We really appreciate you. Make sure to follow us at all of our social media handles. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, all that good shit. Uh, Twitter, Crazy Ant Media. Instagram, Crazy Ant Media. And on Facebook, Crazy Ant Media. On Reddit, Crazy Ant Media. And we have a website, CrazyAntMedia.com. You can like and find this podcast anywhere you get your podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Google Play Music, Anchor. Like and subscribe, rate us, leave a comment, all that good shit. And one more thing, last time of 2018, we We love love Oprah! Oprah!